0: Well, hello, hello, and welcome to yet another exciting episode of Skeptics and Seekers. I'm your host, David the Skeptic, and today we are joined with Christians all around. Uh, we've got Dale from uh, RSM. How are you doing, Dale?
1: I'm uh, I'm good. I was, uh, uh, was suffering a little bit this morning, but uh, around 11, things cleared up. So right now,
0: I'm, I'm doing good. Oh, don't worry, my friend. The suffering has yet to begin um we've got uh we've got mr attack if that's your real name mac attack uh from yep, the board uh, yep. i do i do believe that there might be some people very anxious to hear what you have to say <laughs> today we we had, we had a little bit of a dust up on the board oh um, it was friendly <laughs> yeah oh no no it'll be very friendly very friendly we're on our best behavior right um boring uh and of course uh we have uh our other host uh holding it down uh mr russell um with a good first name how you doing hey buddy how you doing never better good. yeah never better what's yeah.
2: going on over here on my side but you know that's to be expected but
0: yeah i'm doing well overall so this is the uh, penultimate show of the season uh folks penultimate Fancy word that means next to last. Uh, so it's it's coming down to the wire. We have this show. Uh, we have the uh, skeptics responding with stuff. Maybe a stunt or two. Don't know. You'll just have to tune in next week. Um, and then the season will be officially over. But after that, <laughs> we will have Dale and Val in the uh, official summer uh, kickoff of the off-season. Once again, I feel like I'm doing the off-season all wrong because I'm starting it off with a show. Um, But, (laughs) you know, it it is what it is. Um, There will be other off-season shows as well. Hopefully not as many as there uh, usually is because I'm tired. (laughs) So uh, that said, uh, it's going to... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I am. I am. I (laughs) notice I have not shaved in a few weeks. That's fine. And notice I didn't put on the eye patch this week. I'm a little rough uh, too. No eye patch. I have not showered in a week. This is, this is who I am folks. Dirty. Yeah. Take it all in. (laughs) Just take it in. (laughs) ODB baby. ODB. So um, that said uh, today's show, it's one that I've been looking forward to all year. Uh, you know, a lot of shows come up as the season goes along because things happen. You know, you, know, you have to stay flexible with your schedule to be able to uh, deal with issues and topics that come up in the real world. Uh, and also issues that, uh, that come up uh, on the boards uh, and that people write in about. And so you've got to be flexible with that. This, this one has been kind of on my mental whiteboard um, since the beginning of the season. I've been wanting to talk about this one for uh, a long time. So uh, I'm looking forward to it, and we're going to get into it. Uh, we're going to uh, let the Christians talk with uh, only one person pushing back this week. That's me. Uh, and so with no further ado, Satan, God of this world. Dale, start us off.
3: Let, let's get started because
1: Andrew's getting a bit antsy there in the in the chat. Um, all right, cool. So so yeah, thanks for having me on uh, to both Davids and that sort of thing. Uh, I see this as kind of sort of a do-over because uh, as David Johnson will remember, back in our first season, we did a, a show on Satan and spiritual warfare and didn't go down the best. So so yeah, hopefully this will be a better show with uh, David Russell and, and Mac Attack helping me out um yeah so so satan so okay so satan goes by various names in the bible uh obviously there is satan which means the adversary or the accuser uh we else he also goes by other names the devil um and uh beelzebub or beelzebul which is kind of that means lord of the flies it's kind of like a hebrew insult um in terms of the origin of satan so that's the first thing that we need to look at I take sort of the traditional Christian view that uh, Satan was uh, an angel of God and he and a bunch of other angels fell from heaven that uh, rebelled against God and sinned against them. They fell from heaven and now they, uh, some of them were imprisoned in hell, Uh, others were let loose upon the earth to uh, basically attack God's plan and, and stuff like that. Um, Satan is the is also called uh, the god of this world or the ruler of this world. Um, in my research, there are two uh, interesting two interpretations. So there's the traditional view where okay, once Satan fell, he became a usurp, usurper of power over the earth. He usurped rulership over the earth. Um, there's also another interesting interpretation that I don't think is correct, but, um, in the Bible, angels are said to be powers or principalities over certain regions. So Michael is the angel. He governs the nation of Israel. There's, I think it's Gabriel. He's the, over the Prince of Persia or something like that. Um, so there's another interpretation I came across where some people say, well, uh, Satan himself, he was, his domain was the world or the entire universe itself. God delegated that to Satan and so that's why he's said to be the ruler of the world even after he fell and now he's messing it up. Um, I personally don't take that view, I take more of the traditional view where he is uh, usurping God's rulership and uh, obviously God's plan was to have human beings as the image bearers of God. He delegated authority over creation and the earth to us to be the stewards of creation and that sort of thing. So. Um, Yeah, that's in terms of the origin of Satan. That's what I've got here. Uh, And then I've got a bunch of other stuff Uh, in terms of the historical development. I know some people in the comments were talking about that. Um, So, so obviously, as a Bible believing Christian, I believe the Bible's uh, story about the origin of Satan. I don't believe that uh, the concept of Satan was invented in the uh, sixth century BC um, copied you know, the copied from the Zoroastrian concepts of uh, like a dualistic type concept. I think that that's historically unprovable and even perhaps historically false um, and that sort of thing. Um, And I think that skeptics who advocate for this kind of go for this parallelomania aspect or what the ancient Hebrews called nephila which is a fancy word for finding shapes in the clouds, uh, so I think that's what the skeptics are doing when they go for this historical uh, argument about how the concept of Satan developed. I think they're they're just finding shapes in the clouds type thing. Um, yeah, so, so in terms of uh, the work of Satan and demons, what is it they do? Uh, so the first thing is that they blind unbelievers to the truth of the gospel message. Uh, their second thing is that Uh, They seek to nullify the preaching and advancement of the kingdom. So that goes hand in hand with uh, denying, you know, blinding unbelievers and that sort of thing. Um, They also, Satan and his demons also seek to destroy the servants of God um, in various ways, spiritually, as well as even physically. The Apostle Paul talks about being physically afflicted and that sort of thing by uh, demons and Satan's servants and that sort of thing. Um, So, uh, yeah, and then finally Satan also accuses unbelievers, so that goes hand in hand with his name. Um, So, the Christian's response to that should be, number one, we should be focused, submitted to God and Jesus, and we are told to resist the devil with all we can. Um, Part of our way of doing that is we should always be watchful and praying, and we should clothe ourselves with the full armor of God, as as Ephesians chapter 6 says. Um, So the last thing uh, I guess I'll just touch on briefly, since it's not a part of this, but I I also looked up proof for Satan possession or demon possession, and I kind of jotted down various categories of evidence. So so number one, I think that there are experiences from trusted or credible testimonies. Uh, So I have examples from Dr. Mike Lacona, as well as Dr. Craig Keener, who um as we know uh, david johnson knows and likes them he trusts them so this should help provide an evidential basis uh, of some sort um at least we can get past the oh this is just a fraud they're just lying type deal um i also have a couple examples of power encounters or religious contests where uh two or more religions go up against each other and um even uh, examples of skeptical anthropologists and scholars who were basically skept um, like Darren loot in the flesh, you know, these, uh, Edith Tur- Turner is my example here. And after she experienced a demon, um, she became a hardcore believer and, and she was the exact opposite before she saw these with her very own eyes. And then my final category of demonic possession evidence is taking uh, five categories of evidence from Dr. Ian Stevenson who's probably the world's expert on evidence for reincarnation in, in uh, Hinduism and that sort of thing. And I think that his categories of evidence are best explained by positing demon possession rather than reincarnation. So that's what I have uh, on offer today. That's my opening
0: speech. Okay. Um, so I just want to make a clarification, already <laughs> a clarification before we move on to uh, uh Opening statement number two. Um, So yes, uh, Craig Keener, uh, Mike Lacona, I do like them uh, a lot Uh, and I respect them as scholars. I do not trust their judgment on these matters though. So I don't want you to associate like with trust. Um, uh, This is is not a thing. Um, I like my mother more. Who is also a, a devout Christian? I do not trust her judgment in these matters at all. <laughs> uh, that doesn't that doesn't mean that I don't uh, like her and respect her. Um, she's also a PhD. Um, so, just one, do you
1: mind if I just ask one quick question on that? Do, do you tr- at least trust them in the reporting of facts? If not, their judgment or interpretation of it, like the reporting of facts? Um,
0: let. So this the question of trust is. Um, probably bigger than I want to interrupt the flow of the show for already, but it's possible to trust someone generically without trusting them specifically or trusting them in a particular domain. Uh, So I don't believe for instance, that Mike Lacona would tell me a ball faced lie about this to my face uh, for, for profit intentionally. I just don't think that that would happen. That said, I think that his judgment can be clouded by any number of, of things, which which would put any pronouncement that he made um, in certain domains at a lower trust level or, or, or acceptance level than uh, you know when he's speaking in other domains. Right. So there, there are lots of domains where people have some expertise at, and you can you can trust their word for it if you don't have any expertise in there. But that doesn't mean that those people can speak in any domain and you should just accept their word for it. So I trust them in that. I don't think that they're trying to uh, intentionally lie about it. I don't trust them in that. I think that they know what they're talking about in this domain. Uh, I think that there are a lot of people, for instance, who have been, uh, who have stories about being abducted by aliens, who I would both like, and trust that they're not lying. And yet I would not believe their story about being abducted. And uh, Dale, I think that would, the same would be true for you. And so uh, I w- any, anyone who's listening to this who would say, well, David uh, likes uh, Mike and uh, Gary so or Craig. So uh, sure, whatever Dale says they says, uh, I guess we can believe, no, you can't. Don't make that association. That's, that's simply not the case, but I do like them. I do think that they are people who are not um, telling stories for gain. Uh, and I think that you should uh, listen to them in their areas of expertise and take with a grain of salt for all of the human reasons that we're wrong about a lot of things, things that they say about supernatural events. So that's, that's what I want to clarify. Um, Hopefully that answers your uh, question, Dale. You can come back to it as the discussion begins. Right now, chomping at the bit, Mr. Attack. Hey,
4: uh, thanks for having me on the show. It's been a while. I think it's actually been exactly four months since I was last on. Uh, Always nice dialoguing with you guys. And yeah, let's jump right in. So the topic is about Satan. And... There are a lot of views about who this person is, who this being is, that just are not true, that are like even within Christianity, that someone can say, okay, this is what I believe about Satan, and that's not necessarily true. So, my purpose is here is like it's to present the biblical view of who Satan is described to be. I don't want to speculate. I don't want to say, okay, I think this is the case unless I have an actual warrant for that. Uh, So like in terms of who Satan is, what the Bible says is that first he is a supernatural being. That means he's not just another uh, human type naturalistic uh, product of evolution or something. He is supernatural. He is powerful than any human power. He is not local. He's called uh, the deceiver of the whole world. That means he's not just constrained or restricted to one geographical area. He's a murderer. He's an accuser. And most commonly referred to as a slanderer. So like his, the title itself, Satan, and what we translate it to be the devil. The devil is the English translation of the Greek, which means, which is, Diabolos, which that's where we get our word diabolical. So that word itself, diabolos, means slander to accuse someone who's just mean spirited. Like I can say, like David, I saw you littering last night. And that may not be true or it may be false, but that's that's pretty much what he does. He's an accuser, he slanders all the time. Uh, some of the things that this being does is that he goes around trying to deceive and devour Christians. So 1 Peter 5, 8, he says he's like a roaring lion. He goes around looking for someone to devour, and that's referring to Christians. Uh, There's parts where he's said to possess people, like in the case of Judas. He entered Judas and caused him to go uh, sell out Jesus. Uh, He's accusing Job. uh, In the first two chapters, he goes up and says, hey, God, the reason job worships you is because you give him all this stuff i bet if you take it all away he becomes an unbeliever so that's what satan does in heaven he's accusing on earth he is deceiving uh and another thing that i saw on the on the article that you wrote is that you said okay i would love to meet this person and for me like that sort of read strange because I don't understand, like if someone is trying to deceive you, someone is trying to fleece you of your money, for example, they wouldn't want you to know that they're doing it. So if you have money in your bank account, and let's say I want to steal a million dollars from you, like what I'll do is perhaps I'll charge a little bit here, like 50 cents from your Netflix subscription, 50 cents from your uh, I don't know, Amazon or something. And that way, you're losing money. You don't know you're losing money, but I'm getting money and I'm deceiving you. And the best way I can do that is for you not to know that I'm doing it. So Satan, one of the his primary roles is to lie and to deceive and to obscure and to obfuscate. And the verse that was quoted in the article, which is Second Corinthians 4.4, 4, says that The God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. So Satan is standing in the eyes of everyone in the planet and he's blinding them. He says, I don't want you to see the glory of Christ. I don't want you to understand the gospel. I don't want you to think right thoughts about God because Satan himself, probably more than everyone else on the planet, knows more theologically accurate thoughts than everyone else. So he wants people to believe wrong things about God so that they do not believe the glory of the gospel. Um, I could say more, but I think that's a pretty good uh, starting point uh, to to spring off of. So yeah, thanks.
0: Okay. Very good. I um, had indicated that I had an opening statement uh, in the run-up of the show, but I don't, I'll make a, <laughs> excuse me, a closing statement at the end. So Russell, I'll let you uh, uh, close out the Christian uh Openings.
2: Guys, I, I appreciate both of y'all's view. Um, uh, And yeah, I think both of y'all complimented each other on it. As far as, you know, shapes in the clouds, Dale, I think that's kind of hilarious that you would bring up uh, Craig's little uh, um, analogy there that he got from, uh, I guess, in his studies of this. But I think a lot of Christians have, uh, you know, they look for shapes in the clouds, too. And I think that's because historically over time i think milton kind of defined our idea him and dante of this personage of satan over time um but uh yeah i mean i I think that's in paradise lost maybe maybe you can correct me if i'm wrong there but i think you know we've personified it to a degree where we have this this one image but i think you guys do well into saying yeah there's in the Bible, we can make a case, a probable case, about who the Satan is, and that was pretty much where I would have went. You know, um, I think that, you know, in the Old Testament we see that uh, he is an accuser; he's an actual personage. There, um, he is a person. Uh, then we go through the, old, the New Testament, and we see that that is a, a lot, a lot more defined. Uh, Jesus talks about seeing him fall uh, from like lightning from the heavens, you know, and then we get a vision in, uh, revelations chapter 12. So I would just confirm what both of you guys said there. And that's pretty much all I got for that. So.
0: Okay. Um, let's, let's see if we can make this a little bit more interesting then. Um, <clears throat> I want to start actually with you, uh, Russell, in your very last um, thought there uh, about seeing Satan fall from heaven. Is there any part of you that um, is open to the idea that maybe that's a figurative, apocalyptic uh, kind of illusion that uh, it should not be taken as literally as Christians take it. Uh, the same question would go out to all of you. This this idea, and I want to say for the record, for the record, I love playing with the idea of Satan as this fallen angel who took a third of the angels with him. And I only do it because Christians insist that that's what it means. I don't actually think that's what it means at all. <laughs> so, um, So anyone who hears me, speak that way just know that i am speaking as the christians would have me speak uh i think that there are good reasons not to um to think that there's certainly a a good case on the other side of it but do you at least see the other case are you familiar with the other case at all
2: i am familiar with it but um yeah, I would say that there's definitely apocalyptic imagery involved. Just like uh, I think it's it, there, there could be a case for Isaiah and Ezekiel's messages to be, uh, I guess, what they call uh, a type and shadow of Satan. But ultimately, the context reads that they're about people; they're not about Satan himself. So, I there there is that essence there. So, yes, I I would say that. There is that apocalyptic imagery there. So, does that does that answer your question?
0: It does answer my question. Uh, just briefly, Dale and MacAttack, how how would you answer it?
4: I'm sorry. Could you say the repeat the question again?
0: Well, so the uh, Russell was referring to some uh, apocalyptic um, literature of uh, uh, illusions of Satan in the Bible, and I was just uh, suggesting that there is a case to be made from other scholars by the way uh who would say actually that's not talking about satan at all uh the the whole fall from heaven and taking a third of the uh angels and that sort of thing that that's that that is not in fact a literal reference yeah and the question is not whether you think it is or not because obviously i think that uh the two of you think it is but do you do you understand and at least recognize uh the case for it not being literal
4: yeah yeah i've read uh the arguments about why like it doesn't mean what what it says. And like, for instance, like where we get the word Lucifer is from Isaiah and he's talking about the king of Tyre and people apply that to Satan. And and although like from the context itself, it looks like he's just talking about a king who is very prideful and put himself um, above the stars, so to speak. And yeah, that could be like a type or like what David said, like like it, it's it's a shadow of what uh Satan did pre-fall.
0: Dale.
3: Yeah, so I, I agree with both David and,
1: and what Makitax said. So you know, Isaiah 14 is is about it's using hyperbolic language. It's talking about the king of Babylon. Uh the Ezekiel passage uh is also talking about the king of Tyre there. Um again with hyperbolic language, uh, whether there's an additional double um, meaning there where it's symbolic of Satan, that's fine. Um, I'm not sure either way, but I think that my, my notion of there being a traditional understanding of something like an angelic fall comes from other verses that aren't uh, talking about somebody else. So, for example, we have uh, Luke ten seventeen that says Jesus basically is, is talking about Satan falling like lightning uh, to the earth from heaven, um, and I, I think that that's a reference to Satan's fall. There's also Jude 6, where it talks about uh, God, uh, the angels rebelling and sinning against God, and then he locks them up uh, down into the bowels of the earth or into hell and that sort of thing. Uh, a similar verse is 1 John 3.8 that says, you know, Satan sinned from the beginning. Um, and with 1 Timothy 3.6, we get a little bit of a hint as to what that sin was. It was pride. So, you know, elders and that are told not to have be prideful just like Satan was in terms of his sin. So I think that there are, uh, outside of these Isaiah and Ezekiel passages, there are verses that hint at this angelic fall and Satan is called the prince of all the the demons and that sort of thing, and that he was an angel who sinned and and fell with them. So that's how I would establish my understanding.
0: Okay, Uh, so I'm going to take it as given that uh, everyone on the panel besides me believes that the Satan uh, character is a literal character that was around and the beginning that had some type of um, angelic beginning and had a fall from grace of some kind. Uh, so you can interrupt if you, if you don't agree with that general characterization, but I wanna, I wanna progress that a step further and pick up where <clears throat> Dale, left off there, which is the idea of Satan being uh, a sinner, an evil uh, person, an evildoer, a liar from the beginning. How does that work out um, with the fall aspect? If he was a liar from the beginning, then he couldn't have been much of an angel. Um, So what did he fall from if this is what he was from the beginning?
1: So that's for me. So so it doesn't. It's together. for any.
0: It's it's for anyone. This is this is. Uh, I know that the four of you are there, but I uh, I don't want you to feel like you have to take the initiative every time, Dale.
3: Okay.
1: Um, so so yeah. So obviously, sin from the beginning uh, implies a temporal thing. So it's it's not that he was created sinful. Uh, that's not what that verse is saying. It's saying he was created perfect. He was like every other angel. He was. Uh, had his dominion and that sort of thing. And he rebelled against God or sinned against God through his own free will choice, um, as well as all the other angels that fell with him. Um,
0: well, it, it sounds like it happened pretty early, though, if it's saying from the beginning. I don't, I don't know what that means, if it doesn't mean the beginning.
1: Yeah, it would have to be, obviously, it's pre the fall of human beings, right? Because he was the serpent, um, the serpent or the snake in Genesis is or as a, is at the very least symbolic of uh, Satan himself and that sort of thing. So I think Satan was the one who tempted human beings. Uh, so it just comes down to, well, how do you interpret from beginning? I think that you're maybe going a little bit too literalistic, like, oh, as soon as Satan was created, evil, that's not what the bible's implying. Well,
0: but there there are lots of beginnings though. But if you're going to use a word like beginning, it has to have some kind of meaning. So for instance, uh, we can talk about the beginning of the universe as in a kind of a big bang thing. And uh, that doesn't even mean the beginning of the cycle of universe maybe the beginning of this universal cycle if you believe in a cyclical uh, type of universe uh and then you can talk about well the beginnings of humanity well that's billions of years away from the beginning of the universe so that's another beginning uh right there you could talk about the beginning of modern humans uh anatomical anatomically modern humans that's another beginning uh and so there can be lots of beginnings but the beginnings have to if you say in the beginning you have to be referring to some beginning. And so if you're saying that Satan was a liar from the beginning, I'm I'm trying to figure out what epoch that represents.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't think that we can, the Bible doesn't specify uh, just to keep it uh, straightforward. And it depends on how you interpret Genesis. Is it billions of years or 6,000 years old or something like that? My best guess is it's, it's just saying from the beginning, it's, we know for a fact scripturally that it was before uh, the creation and fall of human beings where we are in the, you know in a fallen world and stuff like that we can say absolutely it was before that but as to whether it took place during the planck time or uh you know before during when the c 400 years after the big bang or something like that the, the bible doesn't give us those details so i can speculate and tell you what i believe but I mean it's it's not biblically based it's just me sure
0: well I mean I I just I just find it an interesting idea that things could have been going along well for hundreds or thousands of billions or trillions of years before our beginning and then Satan decides you know what I want to shake it up If, if that wouldn't actually mean much than to say that he was a liar a sinner from the beginning uh so it is it is a little confusing and this is some of the conversation that I have uh heard and had among Christians uh and it's a little bit confusing to say well this is how he was from the beginning but he was perfect to begin with well, if he was perfect from begin with, there's there are questions like how did he get this way in the first place? But if he was this way from the beginning, then one might wonder, well, maybe he had a purpose. God had a purpose for making him this way from the beginning. Uh that's something that we might get into a little bit later, but I just I just wanted to put that out there as one of the um points of confusion about Satan's origin. Uh it's and if you hadn't brought up that passage uh dale i would have um so it's it's an interesting thing that i know we're i know we're not going to get there with it because the bible is is somewhat sparse on uh, details about satan especially his origin story and where it does speak it it's somewhat unclear but i i actually want to get to the the titular um question of the show which is God of this world? Question mark. Um, so uh, uh, I want to I want to go ahead and start uh, at a different place here. I uh, indicated earlier. I'd, I'd like to get Attack's views uh, on this one. So, um, so Mac, you're you're more than familiar with the passage that um, I used to start off this week's blog post. Yes, uh, and the idea that Satan as God of this world. And you're also familiar with the um, other passage that I, I didn't uh, quote, but cite it, uh, the temptation of Jesus and um, the specific temptation uh, where Satan offers Jesus um, the dominion of this world as if he had such a thing. So we've got a a couple of places there. Um, You, um, Dale, in his run-up, mentioned some sources. Some, you know, maybe some. uh, I don't know. It was Dale, actually. uh, I think it was you, Russell, who mentioned Dante uh, and Milton. But uh, before them, we had um, we had the uh, Apocalypse of Moses, and uh, also the Vitas of um, Adam and Eve uh, that discuss Satan. So there, there are other other biblical sources uh, about Satan. And it's not quite fair to say, well, it's just these two guys. who No, who I think that, that, I think uh.
2: that they shaped what we have today. That's what all I meant kind of shaped what we have today, because obviously they were pulling from these other sources too. And I think that's just kind of where,
0: where we're at now. That's a, just to clarify. Sure. Um, so back to you, um Satan seems to um uh, have some kind of dominion, and so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put the questions out there. Um, what does it mean that Satan is a god of any kind, and more specifically that he is the god of this world?
4: All right, uh, thanks for the question. Uh, but before I answer it, like I'm looking at the chat here, and it's I don't know, it's kind of discouraging me a little bit because like when I said that I was going to talk about the biblical view I wasn't saying that my view is the only view like I see a post from Darren saying or you're saying every Christian has the correct view and everyone else is sin inflicted and therefore it's like it reads very like sarcastic and mean-spirited And I'm like that's not the purpose of these talks it's not for me to like say like I have the right view and it's the only right view like this is the point of dialogue and and my other brothers on the show, like we've agreed so far. It's not like we're at each other's necks. Uh, although I'm pretty sure like we disagree on some things. So like I just I don't I just don't see how those sorts of like comments are
0: helpful. Unless well, you, you, don't, keep, you don't you don't know, you don't have like, to you don't have to yeah. feel compelled to respond to them. You can you can okay. let them pass. You can respond to the ones you we want to but I think I exactly. think in this case Darren did you a favor. Because yeah, can, if if yeah. anyone just who's, the chat <laughs> in it, well, I would say ignore it, but I think Darren did you a favor by you commenting on it in this way. Uh, if anyone listening to the show was following the run up to the show, because I put this blog up uh, almost a week early, and they might they might interpret some of the things that you said the way that Darren interpreted it, and so it's good that you have a chance to clarify that. Yeah. So I, I think he's
4: wrong, but like, okay, I'll,
0: I'll. I mean, I interpreted it that way.
4: And well, no, well, I'm I'm not a
0: stupid person, and I'm not especially mean spirited well, all the time. it's,
3: stupid. it's, stupid. it's, stupid. it's so, not that anyone
4: is stupid or, or anything. It's Just that, right? Like, someone ask someone asks you, someone asks a Christian a question, right? And I'm like, okay, let's go to the Bible, and then you're like, oh, actually, there's other Christians who believe. Anyway, that's a right, point. right, but I'm just,
0: I'm just saying, you kind of opened the door to that kind of speculation earlier because I felt the same way now I wasn't like, going to bring it up the show but I I felt the same way and I think it's good for you to clarify that and get your this is why I want you on the show so that you can actually get get your meaning um out on the table so that people can hear you directly you you always do better uh that way and so I just I just want to let you loose with with these questions what does it mean for satan to be a god of any, any kind and more specifically the god of this world
4: all right let's let's just jump right in all right so what the bible says about who god is the most high god so i'm going to quote a passage daniel 4:17 it says the most high rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he wills and sets it over the lowliest of men and i've got another passage um uh, Psalm one hundred three nineteen it says, "The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all." So there is no ambiguity about who rules everything. It's it's the Most High God. God rules the universe. So when God sets up a ruler, in this case, a supernatural being, Satan, to be the ruler of this age, this world, that means that Satan's authority authority does not it does not come from him. It's derivative that means God has allowed for Satan to be the ruler of this world to go about doing what he's doing he is on only so let,
0: let me just clarify you uh, okay. clarify this real quick so that I can follow along okay. um y- y- it sounds like you are conflating God of this world and ruler of this world so is is that um kind of how you read that would you say that this is an unfortunate translation
4: no, I don't know. It's not a it's not an unfortunate translation because again, and and this kind of ticks off a lot of people, like if you study the original languages, it doesn't it doesn't model, it doesn't like set up a, a problem where it's like, oh, it looks like the author is saying that there's another God who is also uh trying to, you know, take take rain take the rein, so to speak. So like here's another here's another passage that, that I, I was thinking of
0: uh yesterday. Okay, but before you go there, because yeah. I just want to make sure I understand um I don't want to walk away from this not understanding you. So it, okay. my interruption is really for clarification. Um, is Satan a God as in a lesser God? W- would you say that there are lesser gods? A lesser, um, like,
4: I have to know what you mean by God because like, the well, Bible, I have to know
0: what you mean by God. Right, so let, <laughs> me, let,
4: me, let me define it. All right. Okay. So like the, the passage I was going to go to is Exodus seven one. And it says like, here's God speaking to Moses. And he says, see, I have made you like a God to Pharaoh and your brother Aaron will be your prophet. So when you read that, it sounds like God is telling Moses, like I've made you God, but that's not what he means. The, the term used there, and this is where you have to get technical a little bit so that people don't get confused. It just means it's Elohim and it means a disembodied spirit. So any disembodied spirit um, in the Bible is always like they call it, a god it just doesn't mean the most high god it doesn't mean like uh it doesn't mean worthy of worship it just means that it's a disembodied spirit it's supernatural and that's the that's the category that they're putting so in.
2: so you're saying that because the vocabulary is limited right yeah that it's a figure of speech basically basically saying
4: pretty much what i'm saying yeah
2: yeah so like when he says you know have no other gods before me he's not saying there are little other gods before me you're saying that you know it could be an idol it could be you know just what you conceive it as you know whatever you conceive
4: it as and also like there's a spiritual aspect to it where it can be like a disembodied spirit is seen as god when it really isn't
0: okay let me let me ask about the disembodied spirit Uh, Part because that's new to me. So I'm thinking about uh, outer body experiences, near death experiences. Um, And when I hear Christians talk about that, they talk about it like a disembodied spirit. So uh, let's just assume that uh, they are right. I don't believe it for a moment, but let's just assume that they are right for the sake of this question. Uh, Would you say that the um, people having Near death disembodied experiences are gods in the way that Paul meant it here.
4: They're ontologically they're still human beings, but like but they're
0: disembodied.
4: They're disembodied. Yeah, sure.
0: So they would be gods. Like the
4: way the way a person writing the Bible, like Paul or Moses, would describe them would be they would they would call them an, an Elohim or a Hothios, but that wouldn't mean that they think that that person is god does that make sense
0: not really because no one would say of a of a person experiencing an nde NDE, that they're the god of this world or that they're the god of the hospital or they're the god of anything so god kind of has a that implies something other than disembodied spirits because the bible has ways of talking about spirits without uh, talking about gods
4: actually they call like disembodied spirits are called gods in psalm 82 so again this is a question of like language all right so paul calls Satan the god of this world jesus actually calls him the ruler of this world and the the term itself could mean both it could mean he is a ruler and he's also a god as in he has dominion over the happenings of the world And he's also called the prince of the air in Ephesians 2. So is he a prince? Is he a ruler? Is he a god? The answer to all of that is yes. Like all those are titles. It's just that the people living back then talked differently than we do. And they thought differently than they do. They had different categories. So our job is to figure out what they meant and how they understood it, not how I would understand it. Okay, so, like, so
0: let me let me let me. Th- I, I think I'm circling in closer to what you mean, but I, I, I want to double back on this. Okay. So, someone like Baal would Baal have been an actual disembodied spirit, therefore, i.e., a god, or, or that, was there no Baal?
4: That's the thing. So, uh, like, there's there's there are pro- prohibitions, right? where God says do not like go out after evil spirits so there's an ac- acknowledgement that evil spirits exist and then this Baal like some idols were just idols they weren't really alive or anything or they weren't. Uh,
0: so you don't even think that Baal was a disembodied spirit?
4: I, I really don't know that much about if Baal was actually real or not. Do you I, think I there were any of the people God.
0: that that God, that God's people worship. Do you think that they were disembodied spirits that they were legitimately worshiping and thought were gods? Legitimately worshiping, like yeah. I mean, they legitimately they, thought that they were real gods because they were legitimately disembodied spirits, like
4: Moloch. Yeah, sure. sure. Like, like they would offer their children to Moloch. Yeah, uh, yeah. So you believe that
0: Moloch would have been an actual disembodied spirit, right?
4: In terms of actual, I don't know because I didn't live there. Uh, but I can say what what it's described as is yeah evil spirits do exist
0: okay so when so you think that Satan is an actual literal disembodied spirit right He's supernatural yeah okay so is he the only actual supernatural being in the Bible I'm trying to get a sense of no, if he's because- the only one or if there were other ones with him so that you could properly say, in their language, that there were many gods.
4: There were, the, okay, there's Satan, right? And he's a disembodied, ontologically, he's, an, he's a fallen angel. And among those are other fallen angels, evil spirits, right? So they're all in the same category in terms of who they are like okay so in their language
0: angels and demons would all be gods then right because they're just embodied spirits they would be described as gods yes okay all right all right that's That's all i'm getting i'm not i'm not even trying to push back on whether i think that makes (laughs) sense i just (laughs) want to make sure i understand so uh, all of the angels and demons would properly in their vernacular that you're saying be gods
4: they would be called sons of God because even if you read Job, it says that, that the sons of God were appearing. That's the designation that the people Okay, but
0: we don't we don't actually need sons of here. They would be gods in their they vernacular.
4: Will be, yeah, they'll be called gods. Okay. Yes.
0: All right. So I'll let you go ahead with your explanation now. I, I understand right. I,
4: I'm caught up. I think I kind of got to the end where I was just saying that God is the most high who rules the kingdom of men. That's Daniel 417. And then there's Psalm 103, 19, that says God has established his throne and his kingdom rules over all. So anything that's ruling derives its authority from the most high God.
0: Okay. I, I um, that's
3: really
4: that's yeah.
0: fine. So there's there's a kind of a second part of this question, though. And I want you to start with that before turning it over to uh, anyone else. So I appreciate you being a good sport here. So uh, I understand what you mean by a God um, <clears throat> the God of this world. That's a very specific title, a very specific uh, realm or dorm, domain. Uh, tell me about that.
4: So like in, in the context of Second Corinthians 4, Paul is talking about how he and his companions are preaching the gospel and they're not using deception. And he says that to those people who, for, for instance, who are not uh, understanding the gospel or they're or they're distorting it or it's just not making sense to them, he's saying that the reason for that is that the God of this age, the prince of the power of the air, is blinding their minds through either uh, how they're living their lives, what they're believing, what they've been taught, how they grew up, whatever, whatever. And that is stopping them from seeing the light of the gospel. And then he continues and says, like, when we preach, what happens is that God shows up and he turns on the lights and we believe in the gospel. That's pretty much what he's saying there.
0: Okay, that feels different then from what uh, was being said in the Gospels. Um, How so? G- well, Jesus was dealing with someone who had dominion over the world.
4: Uh, wh- where specifically are you quoting from?
0: I'm, I'm just I'm just thinking about the Matthew chapter four, right? Yeah, yeah Matthew Matthew four in the temptation where. Um, satan offers jesus something that either he has or he doesn't have and jesus does jesus jesus plays along as if satan in fact has what he offered
4: well yeah he does because he's the ruler of the the world like he has money he has yeah he can he can
0: okay but is i mean is he like the ruler of the world as in god like for instance earlier uh we were talking about or i once again if i if i say you and it was dale or or russell just just forgive me um, we're, we're saying how, like, Michael was the god slash ruler of Israel. That was Dale, and, yeah. Okay, and, and and Gabriel was the ruler of someone else. But it sounds like Satan also had a rule or a domain that was broader than theirs. It, um, because, okay. Because his his was the world. And they're like governors of tribal people.
4: Like, first of all, I'll say, like, I don't know, like, where Dale, I've never heard that before, but I'll say this, like, in terms of Satan's dominion um, of this world, that has to do with, like, how people live their lives as children of Adam, children of fallen sinners, like, Satan's dominion over the world carries over into, into what we Human beings desire uh, jobs, careers, uh, pleasures, money, things that are to okay. keep it keep us away from God.
0: So that's that's kind of um, um, figurative uh, language for you. Let me just jump over to Dale real quick. Okay. Uh, I know that I know that you've got something there, Russell. Uh, Dale. So you um, you you understood uh, that uh, the I think it was Isaiah passage as talking about. Um, the these various archangels with actual dominion, rulership, governorship over areas, you know, like like knights, um, in in uh, in an empirical kind of sense, um, is is that correct?
1: oh uh, yeah, yeah, I think. Okay,
0: so did you did you also envision Satan as being one of those people? who had dominion or is is talk of his dominion uh, kind of as Mac attack is saying that's that's all fig- figured if he did he doesn't actually have a domain
4: wait wait wait! no 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 I didn't say that <laughs> I did not say that he does not have a domain I said that he does but like in the way that it manifests itself is through like
0: well right but that's language. that's right that's so that's kind of figurative language and what Dale is describing is literal language. Gabriel, Michael having literal domain, they've been knighted as lords of this, these regions. I don't, uh, I don't
4: think Dale believes that. But okay,
0: all <laughs> right. Well, he just said so. Uh, so, Dale, go ahead and talk about that. Yeah, go ahead, Dale. All right.
1: Uh, so, so yeah, I, I do, I do take um, those verses to be saying, yeah, God, God has delegated authority to angels to be the princes of certain regions and that sort of thing. Um, so I was sort of speculating that one thing that some Christians have interpreted is, well, they'll say, well, Satan, pre his uh, angelic fall, maybe his domain was the world um, or the universe or something like that. Um, but I think that most Christians like Mac attack and including my, myself would lean against that because Obviously, God is the sovereign ruler of, of all of creation. That's part of the essence of what it means to be divine. It's part of what makes him worthy of worship. I do think that God can delegate um, his authority to certain intermediary figures. That That's proven historically and, and biblically as well. Um, but I sort of think that human beings occupy that. As image bearers of gods, we are the stewards of the earth god has delegated that authority to us but um yeah i was just mentioning that there are other christians that say well maybe lucifer had that role originally and after he fell then it was delegated to humans or something like that um so i was just offering that as sort of a possible interpretation uh it's not necessarily something that i believe is is the case with him but all right
0: so let's let's run with that for just a just one mile more dale if you please so uh when satan is offering um jesus domains uh, or, or uh, the, the rule of the world if you will did satan have it to offer or not i mean was it was it did he have it in the same way that michael you know had regions did you know did wow. satan still have some power to give or not because it sounds like he did for sure,
1: yeah. I, I take like in terms of offering that to Jesus, absolutely. He is literally the ruler of the world, uh, post post the fall and that sort of thing. Absolutely, and but I think it the biblical view is that it's not so much um, God delegated it to him. I, I see it more as like a usurped authority. You know, he's perverted God's order and he who did
0: he usurp it from? From God. How?
1: Well, what, once he fell and, and uh, sin, once the fall happened and sin entered into the world, we, creation itself was put into bondage to Satan. So he he has control uh, through his demonic power and satanic powers to control the world. And that's why. So, he-
0: okay. So I just, once again, I'm not, I'm not trying to be rude. I just want to keep up because it's, um, I don't take notes <laughs> and it's easy to get lost in this. So you believe it's possible that Satan may have had some actual domain, maybe the number two in heaven, and maybe he was going to be governor of the world for some bit. And so it's possible that he had some actual delegated power and then he falls from heaven. um, But he still kind of has the ability to exercise some power here and what, whatever he did, to cause the fall on earth, it it wrestled away the power from God. And so he legitimately has a rulership over this earth that he can bargain with Jesus.
1: Yes, and, and obviously all this is taking place within the overall providential will of God, right? God is obviously permitting this, this usurpation to happen for his own divine purposes. It's not like Satan Was literally stronger than god and and took took it against god's will or something like that
4: oh yeah we're not dualists uh david
0: okay we're gonna we're gonna get there in the in the last section here but i just want to make sure i understand all of the run-up so uh russell let me bring you uh back in the conversation um so satan has some power some authority that he can bargain with God. What exactly was he bargaining off to God? How or to Jesus? Excuse me. How would how would that have looked if Jesus had said, "Yeah, that's a good deal. I'll take it." What I mean, <laughs> no, what exact what exactly would he have been <laughs> handing over that Jesus did not have?
2: Well, I think that he would have. Uh, wow, that's a good one. Um, I, I think that he would have had some sort of. Influence over a certain amount of time until God, God took it back, uh, and I think it could have shaken up the heavens. I have no idea. I mean, that, that's a catastrophe. I don't think it was ever going to happen, so I don't think that it was even a possibility for Jesus, right. But
0: for us you know, to understand to the to temptation, that. right, we we you know, have to understand you know, what the temptation was. And I, I I'll oh, yeah. be honest well, with I, you, I never understood what the temptation even was. Well, he I seems I to be offering something. Jesus, either Jesus had it and it wasn't a temptation or jesus didn't have it and he could have potentially gotten it and then i'm trying to understand what is the it he could have gotten i
2: i hope i see where you're going with it um yeah i think that satan the the appeal to satan's temptation there was christ having or being able to forego the cross and not have to go through all that that pain and suffering and and that that wrath being poured out upon him so that's what i think the appeal was in the in the temptation it was definitely appealing to christ's human nature at that point because you know christ did take on the human nature as well but uh yeah as far as as the christ actually failing in that i don't think he i don't think he there was even a chance for him to actually fail but i i do see the temptation. Of there being that human side where he'd have to endure all that, and it would have just been given to him versus going God's route, and I think that's the moral of the of the temptation is that it didn't matter uh, what Satan tried to do; that Jesus was going to take God's route over Satan's route every time, and even if that meant dying for it. And that's a lesson to us that we we are, you know, we should be going God's route regardless of what will happen to us here so sure. that that's kind of like the way i see that did that answer your question um as far as satan having hold on let, let me finish uh I, I thought i was finished but i just something else popped in sure. i think that also uh um the idea that satan had all this in the realm of us giving him that political authority at the fall i think that uh you know he did have dominion and influence but i also see where he could have been lying about that influence because it does state that he's a liar so could he have had it maybe could he have not had it maybe not i i don't know for sure because he's a liar i can't trust anything that he says well, but i, mean, I if think he offers we it up and jesus and jesus says no i think the moral of the story then kind of puts it back on yeah jesus was willing to go god's route no matter what satan could have offered him or not offered him
0: Sure. Well, if I recall correctly, and I can't be bothered to look it up right now, um, the, um, the nature of the temptation was uh, just bow down to me and it's yours. So I'm, I, I take you up to this high place. These are all of the places that I control. I control it all. I am ruler of it all. I am, if you will, if you'll allow me to put words in his mouth, God of this world, just borrow them from Paul. Uh, and what he told you is they had to do to get it was just bow down and worship me. That's something that a god would say. Um, right? I mean, it, it it kind of fits in with this idea, uh, Mac, uh, that Satan uh, viewed himself as at least a god that could be worshipped. Yeah, um, because
4: like every single idol out there could turn into like something that you worship and i agree with what david russell said in saying that like satan was appealing to jesus human nature because there are lots of passages as you keep reading the gospels where people were trying to make jesus king by force and jesus retreats because he's like i don't want to be king that's not why i'm here so jesus just flees that temptation to be made king over a whole subsection of people so satan shows up and says you know You don't have to do all that cross stuff. You can just bow down and you can get the kingdoms of the world right now. You don't have to go through all that. And Jesus resists him. And the truth is, yeah, Satan does have dominion over some kingdoms of the world, like all the kingdoms of the world. And the the temptation there is in saying that, okay, I'm, I'm the supreme God now, bow down before me. Actually, Jesus replies and says, you are not the one. That rules over everything. The Lord does. So that's who you're supposed to worship. You're not supposed to worship a derivative authority like Satan.
0: Right. But whether whether he's derivative or whether he is simply a god, a minor god, a demigod, he's still some kind of god uh, that it seems to me. And, they- and once again, if you... Um, I could pull over, David,
2: David. That's an authority only in in the amount that he's given. I mean, no Christian would ever say that a finite being actually has godhood. I mean, that would go against our definition, correct, Dale? I mean, maybe Dale yeah. can answer this too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to. Man. I wanted to just say so. I think MacIntyre did a great job on answering this notion of gods and how that relates to pagan deities and idols and that sort of thing. So, well,
0: actually, he said that it's any disembodied spirit. So angels and demons would have also been considered gods. They would be called gods, but they. Okay, so they would have. So they would have been gods in Paul's vernacular. Yes. And well, and they, it would have been it would have been it would have been proper then to say that the angels and demons are gods. In vernacular, yes,
4: yeah, that's. But that's in a certain sense,
2: are. I mean, in in Psalms eighty-eight, Jesus refers to uh people as gods too. So the judges were supposedly gods too as far as their authority and and the and the well, it's it's a have. little bit different it's to not, say in not, in, not, in this in
0: this different. one small instance you're going to have a power like a god over this one person and another thing to say you are a god Okay. Those well, are, those well, are different, I mean, those are says, different you things. You are
2: gods. He says, you are gods. I mean, it's a figure of speech. I mean, you have to grant that to, you have to like understand what they're saying in that time in their vernacular. I mean, Paul calls him a God and then calls him the Prince of the air. So what is it? Is he a Prince or is he a God? You have okay, to but, look at the figure of speech in the way it's been, it's being
0: used. Right. But from, from my point, I don't care whether you say he's the God, whether he's the, you know, the ultimate God, you have to at least acknowledge he's a God in their understanding of God,
2: no, in their, in I, I their
0: understanding so. of God's.
2: It's like when I, I there's sometimes, what I do you mean? It, no, I tell them well, I'm <laughs> about to explain it to you. If you shut your mouth no, I'm just joking.
0: <laughs> uh, I'm just, I'm going with what I've been told this whole time. I'm
2: teasing you by the way. Um, you know me, I like to break it up a little bit, break the ice, but uh, oh, that I, was funny. Also, Go ahead. I often call uh, the, uh, some of my friends, you know, one of my friends, he loved his car so much. I, I said, that's your God, man, you know, and, you know, it's just a figure of speech. You know, I'm not not using it in technical like meaning. OK, now this is what I really think. I really think that this car has some supernatural properties. No, I just think it's, it's a heavy influencer on the way he acts and and so forth. So I mean that's kind of the way I see it, and I, I, most Christians I think do see it that way. I think okay, but that's that uh,
0: yeah, that's 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 not that's not what was said though earlier in the show. I think it's it was, disembodied. But, no, it wasn't. It's a disembodied it was an spirit, uh, it an and reason. that something someone like Molech, for instance, in was, an actu- excuse me, Molech, an actual guy with actual power who's an actual spirit, and they would have considered him an actual god. Now, it doesn't matter whether you say they would have considered him equal to Yahweh that's a different question but they would not have been wrong to say he was a god and you would be wrong to say there are no other gods
4: David you're misunderstanding like what David and I are saying because we're saying that the way that disembodied spirits were described in the old testament in Hebrew was elohim and that means like just a disembodied spirit so you can substitute that term into our English and say that's, that, that's a God. Okay, so an evil spirit, a demon, could be referred to by a person living in that time as a God. But that designation obviously gets muddled because we live in a culture where God means specifically one thing. So it's not that they thought for sure that any evil spirit was God they just called it a god because it was a disembodied spirit. But well, they also that worshipped
0: it. Uh, they also worshipped lots of gods. And so they thought that they were beings to be worshipped, unlike a car, which you might call an idol, but you wouldn't call a god. Dale, uh, go ahead. and you, uh, you can have the last word on here. We've got a lot more to cover.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah, I've been trying to, to say something. I, I don't even know where it's going to fit in. But okay, so first thing, yeah, so I like what David Russell and Mac Attack have already said. I think that they've said it mostly correctly in terms of this term gods or Elohim, lords, and that sort of thing. It's a figure of speech in ancient Hebrew. Um, so to answer your question, there are some, some skeptics have pointed out contradictions between the way Isaiah views pagan idols or gods and other passages. So I don't think there is a contradiction there. So what is happening is... Isaiah's right these pagan idols there is no god ball there is no being um, you know um, Marduk and or Zeus or something like that um, but these idols are made up or invented they're just carvings of stone and demons imp- demons uh, demonic spirits impersonate these gods and use it for satanic ends and stuff like that uh, so I think that's what's happening that's how we reconcile any any texts that
4: skeptics want to say are a contradiction. Where do you all? get
0: that from? That that feels like headcanon. I don't see how... I
2: No, he, does, do you, he gets it from Isaiah. Let me, I'll find the reference for you right now. Yeah. Okay. You well, we can also that. see it in Jeremiah 10 as well, where he's talking about the the... the people carving in the idols and and they really can't do nothing it, it, you know it's it's all throughout scripture right but
0: so sure you car- but you can and say, you say know, that I'm not about not. I'm sorry you can say that about god too because catholics use idols uh to represent gods it doesn't mean the idol is a god uh so yeah, i don't that that's that's that doesn't it's
2: the idol but, isn't a god that's what the saying.
0: idol isn't a god but the god behind the idol is a god <laughs> so it doesn't that that is not um That is not a refutation of the idea that these beings were real.
1: No. So, so this is what I was, this is the second part. Just, just let me get this out and then I'll I'll talk as long as you want. But
0: so remember, I mean, it's a lot of contradictory stuff and I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep it all together. Um, Let me help. So I just, okay,
1: go ahead. Let me help you with my take and see if that works. So we've discussed this when we did the show on the Trinity, uh, specifically the old and new Testament data. So remember, there's two ways to look at this, right? So the first one is with respect to what is God. Uh, So this is the philosophical perspective. So I'm going to say with these pagan idols, uh, they are not by essence uh, God. They don't have the divine nature. Uh, So that's what they lack. That's why they're not, even though we're using the word gods, uh, no Jew, uh, no Bible reader in history would say, well, these demonic entities impersonating gods have the divine nature. No, they're of a demonic nature or something like that um, I might have a slight disagreement with with Mac attack um, based on the nature of uh, disembodied spirits alone uh, constituting an angelic essence or a, or a demon essence I think more to it is needed uh, just because I define the human essence as uh, a dis as a person an unembodied person that is embodied in the In a uh, physical body governed by the human genome that's that's the essence of being a human being my definition of it and stuff like that so there's a a slight difference there that will have implications. Uh, But uh, going back okay forget about the what this is headcanon this is modern philosophy by saying okay it lacks the divine nature no no Jew would have talked this way they approached it the essence of God through who is God. Um, and this relates to Richard Baucom's divine identity theory, right? So God has unique attributes by essence. He is the only creator and sustainer of everything that exists. And number two, uh, he is, he alone is the sovereign, proper sovereign ruler and authority uh, over everything in creation. No pagan entity or quote unquote God Um had those attributes. And that's how Jews of the second temple period would have differentiated, you know, if a pagan came up to them and said, well, what's so special about your God compared to ours? That's what they would have said to say, our God is unique. He is the one true only God. Your pagan entities are filth, throw them in the garbage.
0: Okay. Right. And they would have said that all the way up until the time that they started bowing down and worshiping these other gods. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, that may be, an idea that some of them had at some time but they were always going off worshipping other gods and so you can't i don't really think it holds that that's that was their persistent idea of who god was but
1: that was their that was them sinning right like okay you
0: can say that it's sinning but it's what it is is it showing in practice what they thought gods were because if if what you're saying is true one could never have room to worship another god uh, you know, I could never worship a brick thinking it was a God. I simply couldn't do it. It it's uh, I know, I know a brick to be a brick. They did not know the thing that you were saying that they knew because they could go off and worship other gods.
2: No, they but would go off and worship what they thought were other gods and they would sin, but there's always a remnant that corrected them. I mean, okay. That's why but we, once, we once again, though, Dale,
0: Dale's point. idea is that they only had one who as a God and they, yeah, had they had his attribute. They had his attributes. They did until they didn't. No, and they and they constantly didn't.
2: It. No one, a remnant always had it. A remnant okay. always had it. That's why. A, so, a, th- so
0: this is a no, a, no, no, no true Scotsman argument well, no, 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 no. for the he, well, for well, the remnant. Is. I mean,
2: you see, you see, you see the faithful that 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 the prophets they they actually put them up. I think it was the the that that he. Uh, said we're loyal and, and you see the, the, right. the Burks. I that's
0: understand different. that though so I mean, understand that though David but what all that's saying is there was a group of people who stuck with the right guy yeah, it's, the, it, the, but the, but you're saying idea. but what Dale is saying is definitionally they couldn't have thought of these other things as gods and I am saying historically if you're taking the Old Testament historically they did think of these other guys as gods some yeah. of all them, of probably, the time yeah.
2: some of them some did. I, like okay like the reference division
4: oh Oh, no no sorry sorry uh like dale was referencing isaiah 44 where isaiah goes on this rant and says like you people are worshiping idols you take the wood and then you carve it up and you make it into an idol and then use the same wood to cook up a meal and then you use it for whatever and he's just saying that the whole idea of idol worship is ludicrous because you're you're pretty much worshiping a brick but there's an also there's also like another aspect to it where it's like evil spirits were all over the place and uh, people would have been tempted to worship like uh, an evil spirit like that demanded you to sacrifice your child something like that. Okay, uh, so I'm
0: gonna I'm, I'm yeah, gonna let it yeah. drop there and leave it to the commentariat, and Um, and I'm gonna move on to Satan's origin story. I'm gonna move through this very quickly because I think some of this was covered here. Uh, sorry about the cutoff. I just want to get through. Exactly. These, I'll, I'll, let you, I'll let you finish your thought in a minute, uh, Mac, because you can just tack it on to this next session here. So I'll give you first bite of uh, the apple. Uh, I want to get to the after show <laughs> though while I still have energy, um, because I think that so there might be some interesting tie-in uh, to this and I know that Dale put in some time, uh, and he may have some things to say about that. So, I, I, just a lot to cover. So, um, the origin story kind of um, feeds into this. I guess we could have started with the origin story, but I, I think uh, it was more interesting to start this way. Um, Satan, um, you know, just going with a kind of a typical origin story, I, I would say, first and foremost, it, with my Christian hat on, we don't know Jack. Uh, about Satan's origin story, but I and I think that the Christians are kind of wrong about the origin story. That's kind of headcanoned into place. But let's just assume for a moment uh, that it is it is as uh, a lot of Christians like to think it is. Satan, uh, he's a good guy, uh, maybe number two in heaven. You know, um, you know, most most beautiful, most beloved, most privileged, uh, what have you. Uh, but angels being free will creatures. Uh, Satan wanted more. He wanted more. So one of the one of the things that uh, Sarah often uh, brings up, and it's something that I uh, have wondered for a long time, even uh, as a Christian, is if Satan was as close to God as any creature could be, um, not just physically, but, but close in every way, beloved, trusted, uh, he is experiencing the the greatest heavenly heaven that anyone could imagine, how could one experiencing that, spending their days in the bosom of God think, you know, this isn't enough. Just philosophically speaking, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, go ahead and tear into it. Anybody who wants to. All
4: right, so I get first dibs. <laughs> um, Oh yeah. That,
0: That's right, actually, Mac. I'm sorry. I, I told you, uh, you got first dibs and you can you can finish your thought as you bleed into this question. So,
4: all right. Uh, sure. Finishing my thought. Isaiah 44 was where Dale was talking about. And I think we actually do agree on it. It's just maybe we would describe it differently um, on that. Yeah. So, all right. To the question, uh, why would Satan who lived in heaven perfectly rebel against God? That's a million dollar question that Uh, the like it doesn't like there is no chapter or verse that I can take you to and say okay this is the exact reason why but like I feel like there is precedence to to read through all of scripture and see how people like for instance Adam and Eve could uh, live in a perfect paradise and still decide to rebel
0: uh, I would disagree. It wasn't a perfect paradise. It had temptations in it, and I'm assuming that heaven had no temptations it in it. Had no
4: temptations. But, but I'm saying what I'm saying is that we can glean over passages in the Bible and try and figure out how can someone who lived uh, perfectly in heaven rebel or decide to do something that's contrary. To
0: well, what I'm telling you is that I couldn't do it, and Sarah can't do it, and a lot of uh, well, current Christians and former Christians can't do of, it.
4: That's kind of what I'm trying to do. Can I could can I, can I keep going please
0: Right right but I just I just the comparisons right. you're making are an imperfect world with temptations and of course I can imagine how any human can you know wow. fall or do the wrong thing. but I'm this is that's not the situation that Satan was in. And so philosophically speaking,
4: I am still I'm still like setting the table to answer the question. All right and I'm,
0: gonna, I'm gonna mute my mic so the next then, time I interrupt nobody okay. will hear it.
4: Like, okay, you, can, you can chime in. Um, all right. So Satan is in heaven. Everything is perfect. And he rebels. Does any Christian know for sure? Why Satan sinned? The answer to that is no, it's not, it's not, we're not told how we're not told what he decided, like he decided in his mind, like, okay, I, I want that authority over there or something like that. Specifically, all we know is that he rebelled. And so from all of scripture, we know that God allowed for that to happen. And God used that for his purposes. It wasn't a case of sin catching God by surprise. And why did Satan do it? Well, that's the thing that he's going to have to answer for on the judgment. He's going to say, that's, that's the specific reason I wanted to. And I don't know what the question exactly aims to get at, but what I see from the Bible is that when someone sins or someone goes contrary to God, what they're doing is they're shooting themselves in the foot, They're sabotaging themselves, which is what Satan did when he took a third of the angels and decided to rebel because that got him condemned. It got him cast out of heaven. And now he roams around deceiving and accusing. And that's what he's doing for a very long time. And yeah, I I don't know. That's, I think that's the best I can say. That's the best I can offer right now.
0: Dale, you and I have had um, this conversation a little bit. And we're not going to have it a lot today, uh, but I, I just want to throw you in there. Do you at least understand the nature of the question?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, I do.
0: Because um, so, so it's, it's philosophical um, as much as anything else. I know, I'm well aware the Bible doesn't give us any details about this origin story. I just said that. Um, but what the, the problem is having a hard time just even conjuring a scenario where it would make sense.
1: Well, I, I think so. Just uh, so just to add to what Mac attack just said, I, I think the Bible does give us in first Timothy 3, 6, uh, one extra additional detail as to what that sin was that Satan did to rebel against God. And it was pride, um, you know, out of pride Satan sinned and was therefore condemned against God. Um, now in terms of the philosophical question, uh you know it's the same philosophical question we have with adam and eve in the garden garden of eden as well you know you're in perfection you were created good by god and morally ideal and everything like that how could you freely choose to sin in such a scenario and i think that the only answer that we can have is what philosophers call a otherwise known as weakness of the will and that's what it was so i take uh, a philosopher dr tamar shapiro I, I did a show uh, based on my uh, essay in the philosophy of mind class on acrazia, what it is, how it wor- how weakness of the will can work for uh, people to sin when they're created good uh, as God defines good and that sort of thing. So it's basically based on orientation. So we are we are oriented toward God when we're created perfect. Luke, uh, Satan was oriented. Lucifer's not his proper name, uh, but Satan was uh, oriented. Towards God and goodness and moral goodness and everything like that but it takes willpower it takes effort to maintain that orientation when we're faced with certain temptations or something like that and certain temptations are just an inherent necessary part of having of being a free will creature and sometimes so with Satan when he was faced with this temptation He freely chose to let go of the, of what Tamar Shapiro calls the burden of uh, of freedom to, you know, keeping himself oriented towards God and saying, nope, I'm not going to be tempted or given to that temptation. He let go. And that oriented his will towards this prideful sin, whatever it was that this act of rebellion against God. And then he gave in and chose to do the sin. Um, And that's the same answer I give with Adam and Eve in the garden of Eden. Why did they choose to sin against God or eat the fruit or whatever it was, a crazy, a
3: weakness of the will. So that's my- Okay,
0: two down, one to go. You both misunderstand the philosophical question Um, because you keep talking about Adam and Eve and temptation. Uh, It's not the same thing. There was a specific temptation in quote unquote paradise. Eden was never paradise. Eden was never paradise. It had an evil creature in it when they got there. Uh, it had a, uh, a death tree that looked beautiful in the middle of the garden. It was not paradise. Now, it, it, the only way you, the connection would be made is if you're saying, well, heaven was like that too. It had its own version of an evil temptation. It had its own version of <clears throat> some, some things that would go bad. And I am saying that from my Christian perspective, when I was a Christian, heaven wasn't like that at all. It, it would not have had any... Um, thing pushing you toward doing something bad. So,
3: so that's why where we does it? that's can, can I sorry. So that's where we disagree. That's logically impossible. Now there it could be that there was no external temptations or influences up in heaven, like there was with Satan or something like that in the Garden of Eden. But there are inherently any when you're a free libertarian free will creature, there are inherent. Temptations that you will be privy to. It is impossible for there not to be any temptations at at least of the internal variety. So we would disagree fundamentally on that. It is the same as Adam. And Eve.
0: Okay, then uh, I would say then what you're saying is my philosophical uh, dilemma is not a dilemma because heaven's not perfect. Um, so do you do you see do you see um, post post Earth heaven? Uh, with humans in it being able to fall How, or do, do you see that as a different kind of heaven than it was before humans because if if they if you could fall then and the the number two guy if if it wasn't enough for him then how's it going to be enough for us
1: right okay so so i have two answers for this. And in my research uh, on the nature of angels, I've been kind of possibly being open to a different view. So uh, this is going to get, so so. yeah, you understand with the pre-fall thing, the the main difference between Adam and Eve and Satan is that it's a difference between internal versus external um, temptations. That's the only difference, but it's impossible for there not to be this temptation or for a crazy if you have free will creatures that's necessarily entailed so does that happen in the post salvation post judgment day thing and my answer to this um was always yeah it's, it's exactly the same it's it's logically possible strictly logical possible logically possible for people to sin uh in heaven after they're saved and that sort of thing but it's just factually the case that we, after going through this, we will never make that choice again. And the Bible's giving us that descriptive prophecy that once we're in, once we're saved, we will never choose to sin again, like Adam and Eve did. But uh, in my research for this show, um, I'm a little bit more open to the fact, so number one, the atonement was only for humans. It was not for demons and angels um and that sort of thing so i disagree with i think it was origin who said that so the bible does seem to be saying that the angels that fell they're locked into their evilness they can't be redeemed and that sort of thing so there's no point in jesus dying for them same with the angels that remained in heaven they're locked in with sealed. their their souls are sealed in this state that they did
0: Uh, go back go back you're saying that the angels can't fall now
1: yes i think well, then what's
0: the, the different what happened uh that the the number two guy could fall and third of them fell with him but they can't fall now what where does where does that come from
1: so th- so this is an understanding uh catholics have for example right so
0: you're not a catholic
1: i know but the re i'm telling you the the reason i'm Oh, more open to this possibility than I was before I researched for this show, is based on the biblical data that who did Jesus die for? It was for human beings. It was not for demons, right? Uh, well, why wouldn't he? If if Satan and demons could be redeemed, would it? Why wouldn't he die for them? So so there's two interpretations you can give. If you want to give that, we do we maintain our libertarian free will throughout all eternity then you can say, well, Jesus didn't die for the demons because even though they have, they maintain their libertarian free will, he knows that none of them are going to choose to be saved. So he just excludes them. You could use that. Or you can give the explanation that the Catholics did. After all the angels made their free will choice, all of them had libertarian free will, the ones that stayed in heaven and the ones that fell. After that, their souls were crystallized or sealed in the state that they freely chose. And if that's the case, then that could imply that it'll be the same for humans after we are, after Judgment Day, we're sealed in our states. Um, so I'm kind of not sure what the Bible teaches on that, on that okay, front. Okay.
0: Well, let me let me just throw in a smidgen of theology to counter that. It's just, I wasn't planning on going here, but um, it's hard not to get drawn in these theological absurd debates. So there's this one ridiculously short and cryptic passage where Paul tells the Corinthians, uh, I wanna say 2 Corinthians 6, somewhere in there, uh, in making a completely other point. uh, He says, don't you know you will judge the angels? Um, This has always been a head scratcher. So this is a thing that will happen in the future Uh, He was talking to the Corinthians about being able to be judges over their own matters um, and not going off uh, to human courts and things like that. You should be able to judge these little disputes among yourselves. Don't you know you're going to judge the angels? That's kind of the context there. Um, And so it strikes me that it is extremely not only possible, but um, inevitable that the remaining angels also sin. Because if they couldn't, we would have nothing to judge. There would be nothing ever to judge about the angels.
1: Well, it's it, in this context, the word for judge is is the Greek word krino, right? So, so that just means to rule or govern over, and that makes that makes sense. We're not judging them based on their sin, but we're ruling. We're given rulership or governorship. In in the in the
0: context that Paul was saying, he was talking about he, being able to judge, not rule but to actually judge the way we understand judge disputes among each other. No. And he says, uh, don't, you know, you will judge the angels. And I, I don't understand the context switch that you're suggesting there. Uh, means- the passage, you can look up the passage. I'm not going to go through it now. Uh, someone can put it in the comments. I've, I've
1: got it up on my screen as we speak. Okay. I'm getting this wrong. So Okay. you can
0: To rule or govern over is what he's talking about. Okay. You're going to read the passage or the uh, cliff notes from Strong's.
1: What are you? Are you asking
0: me what? Yeah are are you are you interested in what the passage actually says, or are you just interested in the cliff notes from Strong's? Because I, I didn't ask for the cliff notes. I'm I'm telling you what the context of the passage was. Christians are always crying context. Uh, so I gave you some context of the passage there. Um, if if I'm wrong about that context, you can correct me on that. But you you haven't you haven't done that. The the context was they were they were having trouble dealing with squabbles and disputes among themselves and Paul was chiding them for that and throws in don't you know you will judge the angels
4: all right I can read it and then we okay. can we can work through it I mean First, look we
0: that's fine you can you can read it. it's not a it's not a huge point it's not something that should have even come a, uh, to dispute but go ahead Matt.
4: like so that we can get the context right and we can all be happy in the end all right First Corinthians six, when one of you has a grievance against another, does he dare go to law before the unrighteous instead of the saints? Or do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world is to be judged by you, are you incompetent to try trivial cases? Do you not know that we are to judge angels? How much more than matters pertaining to this life? All right. So there's the context. He's saying, and I agree with you there, David, that he's saying, okay, some of you are kind of taking each other quickly to to like the magistrates to judge like sending each other to prison stuff like that and he's saying that okay you have to have good discernment you have to have christian discernment because in the age to come you also will have like to have you also ha- need to have that same exact competence in the age to come when it comes to judging angels so what that De- what dale said there is also right like in terms of judging doesn't necessarily mean sinning like i can I can have my kids. Sh- well, it does
0: with- mean settling disputes, right?
4: Selling disputes, right? But like, selling disputes doesn't necessarily mean that there's someone that is sinning or like. Well, the what possible dispute
0: there. can there be in paradise yeah. where people's souls are locked into eternal good?
4: There could be misunderstanding. Do you think that misunderstanding is sinning? Uh,
0: like, I, I think, think I something- think misunderstanding would be impossible in a in a place where. It, you are locked into a state of love and peace and harmony. Uh, now I'm trying to figure out what the, what the dispute would be. You know, he stole my parking spot, you know, that's the, because <clears throat> those are the kinds of disputes we have here. And in these cases, yeah, there's a problem. Somebody's wrong. And what the hell do you care about your parking spot that much for anyway, just park in another one. Um, we would have that dispute because we are feeble, but uh, I don't I don't understand how you could have that dispute in heaven if uh, if Dale's um, version of the story is correct and that there is no more akrasia, um somehow and so I was just I was simply providing that as a counter to his theory
1: and, and just to clarify I, I offered two theories right so like even though it could just be the a fact of the matter that we maintain our libertarian free will and we just will never give in to a crazy again, or there's this, you could go with this locked in option or this ceiling of, of your nature. Right. Whatever.
0: But, but angels will still be arguing over parking spots. And it, it is going to be such an argument that we, we, we humans, we're going to have to fix it.
1: Well, it could be that there's intellect We're, we're going to continue to grow throughout all eternity and learn more and more facts. Maybe there could be some disputes over facts, uh, as we're investigating or learning and stuff like that. And God delegates us.
0: All disputes have the potential to turn into uh, vitriol and anger and, uh, and fighting and war. That's, that's the nature of disputes. If they go unchecked,
4: not in heaven because, well, okay,
0: then why, why do we need to judge them then? If there, if there's no, if there's nothing, no harm, no file, um, You know, I think Beastie Boys was the best rap group. No, I think Vanilla Ice. If that's the only thing they're arguing about, um, why are we judging the Angels for Pete's sake? If there's no possibility for bad things happening, so here's the
4: thing. Like, in terms of, I'm sorry, Dale, you wanna go first? Okay, I'll just say quickly. Yeah,
1: because we're seeking perfection, we're becoming more and more like God. So we want to know the truth of every single fact and stuff like that. We don't want someone to be in error in heaven. Uh, but yeah, go ahead, Mac.
4: Yeah, like I was saying, like I, I hear this objection all the time from atheists and scape- skeptics who say like, oh, heaven's just gonna be boring. you are just gonna be there singing all day and doing nothing and, and that sounds boring to me and I'd rather have a lobotomy. Oh, and like- clear, Clearly we're gonna be breaking read, up
0: fist fights at the bar.
4: Then you read First well, that's not, and then you read First Corinthians 6, which introduced an aspect of an activity in heaven that's gonna involve angels and humans presiding over angels and it's like oh that creates problems but like it's like you, you have to like take that as, as, as in as part of the greater context of as that heaven will be perfect uh saints will be in a set, in a state of perfection and there'll be angels there and there is going to be like a hierarchy of like these believers and these angels and you're judging between angels what is that going to look like i don't know i don't think there's anyone who actually knows but like i don't think that necessarily means that there's going to be wars in in heaven between angels and they're like punching and kicking each other. Like what I think personally, and I'm not married to this idea, I think that the experience that humans have, redeemed believers have, like in terms of perseverance and knowing what it's like to be a Christian and, and and to go through life and stuff like that. And angels in heaven perhaps have a different experience. And I think that we as believers who have been redeemed and know experientially what it's like to live in a world like this. We are going to be able to like impart that knowledge to angels who have not lived in a fallen world. Why aware. do
0: they need that knowledge? I mean, why honestly, wouldn't they, why wouldn't they?
4: So that's the thing. Why wouldn't they need that knowledge? They've so been
0: presiding. Well, I don't understand that they've been pre- well, presiding the- over us for all this time, and they've been in heaven. But, but somehow
4: differential knowledge here. They're not the angels in heaven, don't yeah, know what it's we, like.
0: we're we're gonna like set them straight.
4: Not so. that's <laughs> a, okay. So don't, don't like use this language where it's like, oh, we're gonna set them straight, like or implying that it's gonna be the same as it is here on well,
0: Earth. even if you imply use Dale's uh, uh, language of we're gonna rule them. Oh we're qualified to do that.
4: <laughs> that's not applying to people who have not been saved that's for believers. these guys
0: are dumb as stumps if they're if they're gonna be ruled by anybody like me uh i feel sorry for your heaven it's gonna come down in less than 10 minutes
4: like david like you're making category errors this passage is for believers it's not saying that anyone is just gonna go up there and start telling angels what to do like oh clean up my house or or my mess or, or do do this or do that like it's gonna like i don't know exactly what this verse means specifically in terms of how it's gonna play out But what I'm saying is that in terms of like imparting knowledge to angels, like when we get to heaven, it's, 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 it's not just going to be one activity, like how atheists say it's going to be, it's going to, it's going to be boring or anything. It's going to involve more things about reality itself that God has prepared that no right. mind right now can conceive of.
0: Well, look, it's obviously always been fairly interesting up there because just look at what a mess of it is here. Look, point number three, let's get there. I spent way more time on this than I wanted to. Thanks, guys. Russell, I'm going to you. start with you on this one.
3: Um,
0: you are, <laughs> uh, by the way, um, you're standing strong, Mag-Tac. Uh Good for you. Uh, it, it, gets, it gets harder from here, I think. Um Russell, you had nothing to say during that section, which is fine. Yeah, I, uh, I
2: had to leave a couple times. So. No, no
0: problem. You've you've saved up all of your juice for this question. It'll be easy, super easy. What what is Satan's power?
2: <laughs> well, uh deception is uh I think that's one. Um obviously obviously
0: deception. Is that a power? Do I have the could power be. of deception?
2: I yeah, I think you do. I mean, you. Okay. See me so, a lot how this is how is it a power? question.
0: Well, right. <laughs> so no, no put, I
2: mean, but let's listify. That just seems like a
0: thing a that power. you can do, right? I'm I'm trying yeah. to I'm, well, I mean, I'm thinking if, in terms of so a supernatural you do, power.
2: Anything you, if you want to. Okay, so thank you for the clarification there. Sure. Then. Um, yeah, you, you know, I don't really know that from what I can gather from scripture. Um, he obviously took Jesus to, I don't know if it was an illusion or, or not, but took him up to the pinnacle of the temple and said, hey, let's jump. Uh, he showed him the kingdoms of the world. I, I don't know how that was possible or, or uh, what he did there, what type of power that takes to manifest um whether it was illusion or not um so yeah i'm kind of split on the issue of how much power he actually does if it's all uh just stuff that god allows him to do or not i don't know fully um but yeah i don't think he has uh i I think some people inflate his power but i also think that he uh (laughs) sorry i was reading a comment um i think he does have some sort of of power i think the bible does uh say that he is powerful in that that respect um i don't know this exact scripture quote there but i do think he does have some sort of of power i, I just don't know how far it goes so okay
0: uh, can he can he command storms can he can he create a storm
2: i don't think so i think okay creative powers are not within his purview i think whatever god allows him to do uh he'll end up having that power from that point to whenever god says oh taking it so taking he can't it back. he can't
0: he can't touch weather uh so when when christians know. say things like uh you know satan's you know causing this storm and killing people or causing a drought or, or you know holding back the rain that's not actually happening in your mind not in my mind, no. though. Couldn't it couldn't happen? He doesn't it have. Couldn't happen. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Great. Uh, so you said deceive. I uh, I want to touch on the because I know that everyone on the panel is going to say some form of deceive. Uh, does, say, does Satan have telepathy? Can, can, he, can What, do you, what do you mean? What do you mean?
2: What do Can he get in my head by light? Yeah. Can Which he get in right your right head? Here. Yeah. I don't think he can read my thoughts, but I think he can uh, probably orchestrate. If he can't read your, your thoughts, me. how
0: does he communicate with you?
2: I don't think he does communicate with me in that He way. doesn't communicate, okay. No, no, there's no little devil on my shoulder like there is yours, you know.
0: <laughs> Mine's not little. Um,
2: oh, oh My devil,
0: that is. Uh. Um, so, okay, so then how does he deceive then if is it all in direction tell me i, I give think me... i think so i think okay it, it so give me give me much. like a workflow of a of a deception that satan would do
2: mm, that's a that's a good i i don't think i would know how to really describe one you know um but i i think i, I don't know i i could see him orchestrating something but i don't know exactly how that would look Unless so if he's going to orchestrate
0: or it, things. at some point he's got to get his hands involved in something and yeah. move something. I mean, you've got to move the first uh, lever in order to get this uh, this machine going. So he's got to talk to somebody, whisper to somebody, make a yeah, he could. You I, I know, don't know how that would look. Put a put a yeah. rock in the road so that a car hits. So you got to do something. Um, you know, I think I think the the comments are are really helpful
2: here when they're talking about possession. To the unbeliever i think that that could be a possible way a possible power so to speak is being able to uh control someone's body so i i think that could be a way if well you if you can control
0: there. your body then it seems simpler to just be able to say something in in, in your mind that would yeah, be
2: a, yeah. I mean, if it, if he does, maybe it's through an influence of some sort. Like I said, I'm not sure how that would look. I've never heard right. him, so I can't really, ex, you know, say, or if I have, I don't know. it. Right. right. But you I mean, even I mean?
0: to influence, you have to be able to do something. I can influence people, but you know how I influence people? I turn on microphone every week, every goddamn week. Yeah. Uh, and I do a lot of uh, preparation and a lot of hard work. Uh, and, you know, I There's a lot of stuff that happens behind the scenes, a lot of stuff that happens in front of the scenes. And you can say that I influenced them, but if there was nothing supernatural about it, you you can trace the workflow of how that happened. Right. And then you can, you can trace the workflow of the study in preparation that I did in my lifetime to get to this. Absolutely. So if you're, if you're going to say that Satan is influencing, you can't rob him of all ability to actually influence. You've got to, at some point, he's got to enter into the world and do something to influence somebody.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, you know, I think he is in the world. And I think that yeah, like everything you just described is is perfect in that that you know there's so, you, like you turn on a microphone and you whisper or not let's say not whisper you talk into a microphone but you also write too and you can influence people that way I think there's several ways that that can happen you know the power of the pen you know the power right of but it, it,
0: is Satan is Satan somewhere in a body writing things is he turning on a microphone talking to things. Or is he, because he you could said he's not, he's not ways. talking directly to minds.
2: It could be, so. it could, I don't, I don't know if he is. I mean, maybe he does in, in certain instances. Hey, Dale, uh, there are you know people that, that, that do <laughs> claim that experience. Like, this, uh, like uh, what's his name? Ted Bundy, for example, you know? So, Dale, I mean, Dale, you
0: understand the question that I'm asking before I get to you, because I know that you've uh, done a little bit more research on this, I think. Uh, uh, Mr. Attack, I'm going to throw it to you. Uh, what, are, what are Satan's powers? Uh, he lies, deceives, influences. How does he do any of that? What's, um, what exactly is he doing? What do we need to be worried about?
4: Right. Second Corinthians 4.4, 4, he is blinding the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the glory of Christ. Okay, so what does that look like? In China, it looks like Christians are being thrown in prison other chinese are being told don't even read the bible don't even don't even come close if you read the bible you're going to jail or we're going to kill you what is okay, that look who like, did,
0: who, who like, did well, hang on N- yes they're being thrown in prison and, and physically stopped um worshiping what yeah. what is satan's part of that though who did he how did he how did he start that
4: how does he keep people from understanding the from getting the gospel by like... Yeah, because
0: what you're describing, you're describing things that people are doing. So I can say that people in China who uh, have maintained a certain kind of political system, a certain kind of ideology and rule, uh, have reasons to stop Christianity. Okay, I don't, I don't chalk that up to Satan, but you're saying oh. that Satan is doing oh. this and so I'd yep. like to know how Satan is doing it. How does, how does Satan get that ball rolling? From a spiritual
4: realm where like he influences the intentions of men, men who are like, okay, we don't want Christianity in our country because. How does
0: he influence the intentions?
4: Well, um, could I? Keep
0: yes. Going? I'm right. just, I just want you to understand the question. Yeah,
4: yeah. I, I, I fully get your question. You're asking how does that happen? And I'm saying the intentions of men. Okay. How does he do that? People have desires, right? People can desire. Uh, good things. I want to go help my neighbor or I want to consolidate power for myself. Satan can influence that by making your desire for something else that is contrary to what is good. So like he can like uh, set up circumstances in terms of like uh, I, I'm not saying I, I don't know how he does this, but like like set, set up desires like temptations in your path that you will fall for so that your intentions align with his intentions and in turn, you go ahead and do something that uh, stops the spread of the gospel of Christ. So in terms of Chinese uh, uh, citizens, where you go ahead and throw your neighbor in jail because they're, doing, uh, they're preaching Christianity and we don't want that here because we want to stay separate from the rest of the world. We just want to keep our Buddhism. We want to uh, stay with the president to worship him. Uh, so keep that Christianity out of here. So Satan can influence someone like that. Another way that can happen is, of course, the way that's common to my experience is that go uh, turn on the television and see violence and see all sorts of pornographic content over there that's being projected to the minds of young young children and influencing how they think about life. And that has a domino effect on just how someone lives their life. And okay, and, and, I, I, I understand about, that. But I, I feel yeah, like,
0: yeah, I feel like you're not quite uh, getting the question, though. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it uh, over to Dale. We have a couple of times. I need somebody to work. Long I long need long. somebody to workflow that for me. So you're using a lot of kind of magical language, and a lot of vague language. Uh, he influenced uh, your intentions. Well, first of all, he, he doesn't know your attention, intentions because he can't read your mind. Um, well, and and he he's not talking to anyone directly. Uh, I'll uh, David Russell. So I'll accept that. So at some point, in order for him to get the the dominoes falling, he's got to do something in this world so that you can say Satan did that, as opposed to that man used his own free will to do that. Uh, why? Where where do we see Satan's hand in anything? There's the thing.
4: I'm not separating the two. So like, again, let me, let me just stick to the biblical categories in here. I'm not, and I'm not saying that this is uh, the ultimate view. I'm just saying that I'm just sticking to what I see from the Bible. So this is this instance where Jesus and Peter are hanging out and Peter says, no, you won't, you won't go to the cross. And Jesus says to him, get behind me, Satan. Everyone knows this story. And, and Peter didn't want Jesus to go to the cross. And Jesus says, peter you are thinking you're thinking worldly like you you have the things of satan on your mind so whereas peter is doing a natural act he's like he probably thinks telling saying jesus don't go die for the for the sins of the world is a good thing those intentions are being influenced and murdered by satan's intentions so like a person can do things or have intentions for things especially relating to the world or worldly desires that To them, they seem natural. Like, okay, me throwing someone in jail for practicing the wrong faith, that can seem like a naturalistic reason. But I'm saying, like, what the Bible says, how Satan influences people is he tells them to set their minds on worldly things. He tells them
0: this is the first word, this is the first thing that anyone said that constitutes a workflow. He tells them how
4: by influencing their intentions. Like I just and, said. Okay. And, and, and and there, go, and there goes happen. there goes and the whole thing. And man. Man. We
0: had we had a good start <laughs> there. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you off right there just for the sake of time. Dale um Dale's not you, here you're, Where'd Dale go? Dale
2: had here. an emergency he had to leave real quick okay oh
0: dang dang delicious. okay then you're back Mac um so <laughs> what I'm <laughs> what I'm trying <laughs> to get you to and you can you can jump in here too um if if you won't, Russell, I'm trying to get somebody to work for uh, this. So let me see if I can explain it. Uh, the kind of question that I'm asking, so that you can understand, so that you can answer the actual question that I'm asking. Uh, I don't I don't want you to feel frustrated, and I don't want to feel frustrated. Nobody likes frustration. Um, that's the devil making us frustrated. Um, so the devil is in his place. He's in his realm, whatever, wherever he is. Okay, he's he's there, and he has his limitations uh and we're we're here um so let's just use me as an example i'm here the devil's there the devil wants me to do something how do we get from point a devil wants me to do something to point b him then communicating with somehow with nature to get me to want to do that thing to point C me doing the thing I need you to workflow how the devil from where he is to where I am gets me to do anything or influences me in any way
4: you're asking me to describe the role of a supernatural being so like here's the thing like the answer that I give you is not going to be satisfactory but I'm still going to give it anyway all right so like you have Satan he's in the spiritual realm and we have us here So like in the spiritual realm, there are things going on there in terms of like what people desire in terms of like spiritual fulfillment or this is going to make me feel more fulfilled in life if I do this. So Satan will push things into your face, will put temptations like we were just talking about Jesus putting the temptation of kingdoms of the world. Okay, You can rule over these kingdoms because Satan knows that every person on the planet desires to have some sort of power. So he puts that in front of you. And, and he says, you know, it's better. This is much better than worshiping God. You want to put all your energy into this worldly thing. And I don't, want you, I don't want you to care about all that God stuff. I want you to care about worldly things. That's how Satan influences people of all cultures. And people of different cultures have different priorities in terms of what they uh, put, uh, what they prioritize. So someone in China prioritizes something different than someone in America. So Satan knows if I put this in, in front of someone in China, that person won't, won't care. So he puts uh, a temptation, he puts it right in front of, dangles right in front of their face and says, this is more important than God. Pay attention to this. Don't care about all that other stuff about God. Care about this. So that's how Satan can influence a person to sin. Okay.
0: So you said supernatural being, and my question deals with supernatural power, and I'm still not understanding the supernatural power that you're saying that he has to do any of this. Um, that's yeah, it but temptation is not a supernatural power
4: yeah, orchestrating okay. things to to tempt someone across the world that is supernatural like i can't do that like how could i do that like how can i tempt someone by putting but but you're you're
0: all you're you're head canoning that satan is The one who set up the dominoes and tipped the first domino. I'm not, and and I'm simply saying everything that you're saying now can be explained naturally with humans being human. And And so,
4: acknowledged that I said like, okay, from your perspective, from our perspective, everything we do, we're doing it naturally. But and how how
0: do you know that Satan is doing anything at all?
4: Because I'm saying I don't separate the two. I'm not saying like, okay, like.
0: Okay, but why don't don't you separate the two? Everything that you have described can be fully, 100, explained. In human terms, why would we need to add a Satan to that?
4: But you we're this show is about how Satan acts in the world, right? So if okay. Satan is acting in the world, it's going to look like the world that we know of. It's not gonna look like things are dangling from so the So it sky sounds like sky.
0: Satan acting is indistinguishable from Satan not being there at all.
4: No, I'm not saying that there, there are acts where, like obviously, you can look at someone like Stalin and Hitler murdering millions of people and think, okay, well- No,
0: demonic, I, can, I, don't um, see, I don't see I well, don't dem- well, demonic I'm there.
4: Explaining it. I'm, I'm explaining it to you so that you can understand where I'm coming from. I know okay. already you don't see it that way. <laughs> okay, I'm not All saying right. you hope see it. So I just, I, I just
0: want you it. to explain it in terms of where at least somebody listening to you could say, oh, well, that could only happen because of satanic superpower. Everything well, that you have said is 100% human explainable.
4: And I'm saying yes, but I'm saying like- since this shows in the context of like, okay, how does Satan operate in the world, right? That's what we are asking. And, and I'm saying he operates by putting temptations and you're saying, okay, humans can do that. We can explain that. And I'm saying, I agree. Yes, that's true. That's totally right. I'm not disagreeing. But I'm saying that Satan's domain is that he can set up uh, things in the natural world that influence you to make decisions that you otherwise wouldn't make if he wasn't influencing you in a specific way.
0: Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna let that stand. Um fourth point, we're almost out of here. We're out of here. Um I'm not I'm not I'm not satisfied with that segment, but I, I do the, <laughs> I don't I'm happy. Um but okay. I'm gonna let it go. I'm gonna let it go. You've um, I think that you've made the case the best way you can. And I don't I don't see any point in pushing you. Further. So like, I'm, what I'm not
4: is that, is that I can point to an action what? like that action and say, okay, everyone on the planet has to acknowledge well, that what action. we
0: don't. What you didn't give me was a single superpower that I could say Satan has a superpower to do this, and right. therefore Christians right. are need to watch out because Satan can do this thing. And all you're really, all you're it's really okay. doing is telling me things that humans can and do, and I. I have no reason to assume a Satan, even Christians have no reason to assume that Satan's doing anything.
4: But David, like the point of this, right, is to go to the Bible because like when you're writing articles about about Christianity, you quote the, from the Bible. So when I quote from the Bible and say, okay, this passage over here tells me how Satan acts in the world and you say, okay, well, that doesn't satisfy me. I don't know, you want me to tell you what I think? Like Satan is like a magician somewhere who just pops up and there's a show somewhere in, the Netherlands or something and there's weird things going like I genuinely cannot uh, wrap my head around how this answer that you're expecting could square like everything out with everything else that you believe
0: yeah even uh, the Bible even the Bible doesn't talk about Satan's powers per se this is why right. uh, Christians well, have uh, a disagreement and, you know, with it about you know, I this. mean
2: David 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 to be fair I mean if we're looking at the Bible, I did give you some examples that I thought were pertinent when the temptations of Jesus were going on. Right, he was
0: talking to Jesus, and you're saying that Satan doesn't talk to us. Um, I I don't. That doesn't really that doesn't really apply, does it? Yeah, but
2: here's the thing: like how that relates to me, I don't know. But if I'm looking basically Scripture and saying what he can do versus what he's done with me, I'm kind of asking
0: how it relates to us uh, today. I'm not asking how it it, relates to a one-off kind of thing.
2: And that's what I'm saying is that we don't know fully how it relates in every aspect of our life. Right. So kind of what uh, I'm saying, you don't, nobody
0: knows what his power is. Well, we,
2: if we trust the Bible and, and that's the thing, like that's where we go back to Bible. Well, Satan can do this and do that, but maybe he communicates differently with other people, such as the son of Sam. Okay. So this is, this is, this is after
0: show. This is after show kind of material. I recognize this, but I just want you, I just want to, let me just ask this question straight up. One of the reasons I'm a little bit handcuffed is because I said that I wouldn't talk about this. So I just need to, you can just give me a yes or no. Um, This is not a hard question. Can Satan possess people today? Yes yes okay yes. we got two yeses okay so you guys are welcome to stick around on the after show we can um talk that out but just know that any skeptics that happen to be in there uh they're they're open to that show too um but i'd love to hear it um i'm not going to i've got to keep my word um and i'm going to keep that out of this show because no one came prepared for it and it's last minute edition so number four and maybe we'll get into this a little bit um I know that we're not going to have a complete discussion over this, but uh, spiritual war, people, spiritual war. Uh, once again, I can I can say this is another one of those things as a, as a Christian, I did not understand. Thankfully, I didn't have to talk about it all that much. Uh, you know, most of the people in my religion were uh, either too smart or too confused to ask that much about uh, the spiritual war. But there are, there are things that Christians are used to saying when you're when you're what I would call talking Christianly. You know, you use kind of Christian language buzzwords uh, about things and then nobody questions you, except when you're in a Bible class situation and then some questions come up and people just kind of shrug their shoulders and uh, move on to the next passage because it's confusing. So spiritual war. Um, I really hate that Dale could not be here to talk about this because he really wanted to uh, was looking forward to reprise uh, this subject uh a, a little bit and so who knows maybe maybe in the summer we'll get a chance to do that with dale but um let me let me just ask uh, the most basic question what is the spiritual war anybody
4: david go first i've been talking for a while
2: no mac go ahead i gotta take care of something real quick <laughs> all right
0: all right. Oh. Mac, you're the star of this show anyway. Um, so people people, people want to hear uh, what you got to say. What is the spiritual oh, war? They kind of just abandoned me here.
4: <laughs> All right.
0: <laughs> it was always going to be you, Mac. <laughs> so.
4: All right. So we have a natural realm and we have a spiritual realm. And, and the spiritual realm has to do with things that pertain to, like, what we as humans uh, spiritually... Uh, crave like like just in, like I, I would say that this pertains more to believers as opposed to someone who is not a Christian so like when Paul talks about spiritual warfare he is addressing it to Christians like Christians have to go through these things like persecutions and, and our inner struggles our temptations our uh, interactions with the world and and what the New Testament teaches in terms of like spiritual warfare is that there are times when it it feels like uh, a temptation is getting the better of you, or it it's gotten the better of you, and it feels like okay, maybe maybe I'm not a Christian, maybe I'm just faking this whole thing. And so, like, the point of spiritual warfare is to tell you, okay, you're not just wrestling against these uh, outside forces or like the natural things that you can see that. There are other forces at work that are kind of like tampering with your uh, faith and that are trying to get you to uh, abandon the faith or, or just become like ineffective in your, in your walk. And so you are supposed to be vigilant by putting on this full armor of God that's in Ephesians 6. And so Christianity isn't uh, just mostly about coasting or just, you know, like you're, you're just, you know, there for the ride. You're supposed to be vigilant against these elemental forces that are there trying to, like, put you off balance or trying to get you uh, from being holy as God is holy or trying to get you from the path. And that's not to say that when a Christian sins that necessarily, like, there's this story I heard once of this lady who didn't go to church, who just never wanted to go to church, and and, and her pastor, I was like, why haven't you been coming to church? And she said, you know, Satan told me not to go to church. Told so me, I don't totally not, like that's not a situation where, like, that applies because it, it, it's not that our physical actions per se are being uh, influenced uh, directly. It's more like in terms of what's going on in the background, what's going on in the heart dimension, in the spiritual realm. Like, great. Okay,
0: how long has the spiritual war been going on?
4: It's been going on since since the fall of man so like okay but
0: but now so the reason the reason i'm asking is because the fall of satan early in the show the first segment we had it was described uh that satan was wicked from the beginning and we had agreed that that beginning was before our beginning so it's a Mm -hmm. different beginning uh was the spiritual war underway at that time
4: spiritual war between man and well
0: no the the spiritual war writ large i mean it seems like there was some so kind of war because... like, an
4: actual, like an actual war that's going on that we don't know about
0: uh, right uh like because satan was warring against god right he was yeah, warring course, against yeah. god's will so would that be a part of the spiritual war
4: that that would be a different category sure of the spiritual okay war
0: the so that was going on before talking we got about here
4: a I'm talking about a different one here I'm talking okay. About, like okay the one that believers have to go through
0: so but okay but isn't it isn't it? Wouldn't it be fair to say that we were just sucked into an existing war? Uh, so that there was there's a war between you know these these great superpowers you call know, them gods or whatever, um, and so we get created and we get sucked into it. Uh, or are you saying that the war didn't really start proper until we were here?
4: I'm saying it, it became relevant. Like we entered the war on the wrong side we we joined
0: the uh, okay but there was a war and then we joined it it was already pre-existent is what i'm trying to get so that's fair
4: fair to say so if
0: if there was no war and i'm asking you to head canon here so i know that there's no bible passage that you can point to um but christians do this kind of thing when they're talking to each other uh not on a mic so it's just us Christians here, uh, Mac uh, would can you imagine that humans would have done better, whatever better looks like I'm not saying perfect, but better, if we had come into a world where there was no war going on
4: better as in pleasing to God or because like Obviously we all have different I think on the show we all have yeah. different turning points. Less less yeah.
0: sinful. We if if there was nobody influencing us from the other side, would we have possibly made better choices? Would we have done better?
3: Hmm.
4: I would have to still say no, because ultimately what then matters, the war
0: is irrelevant.
4: No, 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 no. What I'm saying is is this when I when I think about what happened in the garden. I think that before even the, the serpent approached Adam and Eve, what was going on is that perhaps in that moment, that opportune moment that the serpent saw, Adam and Eve at some whatever point in time, their reliance on God, their dependence on God was not where it should have been. So in terms of like, again, what we we're talking about before with with the devil himself sinning in heaven, like there, and Dale kind of said it in a really very very good way in in terms of like how uh the will needs to be maintained to like so like if i say i love someone i need to like maintain that love i can't just be doing the same things i'm doing i have to be keeping up the relationship so to speak stoking the fire so when i think of like what happened in the garden is that there was perhaps a moment in time there where adam and eve uh their their dependence on god like waned and it went to a place where it shouldn't have and so the yeah yeah, but I, I just i just
0: want you to think about this i'm um so i'm not trying to beat you up here i just want you to think about something that maybe you haven't thought about um before or in this way uh but if if what you're saying is we would have fallen anyway and we'd be just as bad as we are now with no devil and no spiritual war what do we need what what do we need the devil for and what what does the devil's superpowers have to do with anything then i mean what is why does the devil need to deceive us since we we're going to deceive ourselves? Why does the I'm devil need to influence us since we were going to be influenced that way anyway?
4: I'm not saying that we would be the same level of bad, but I'm just saying that we we would. <laughs> okay. Well, you but did, you did again, say, okay, again, let me ask, ask the
0: question be, again. Would we be okay. better without the devil and without the spiritual war?
4: Would we be better without being tempted? Of course we would. Like heaven, we won't have to wrestle against some uh, other being trying to influence us. Be don't you, don't sense, you
0: think it would have been uh, responsible then and loving for God to uh, not let this war go on and drag us down in it? What, what well, Shouldn't we have had the better opportunity?
4: That comes down to God's purposes in allowing this world to play out the way we did. And I don't think any creature can look at what God planned and say, you made a bad, an unwise. You can't say that to an eternal being without it being absurd or illogical.
0: Okay, do. well then give me a give me some headcanon then because it's absurd and illogical now. If you're headcanon. saying that if you're saying that we could have been better without this <laughs> war and without without Satan influencing us and constantly doing the magical things that he's doing, whatever those things are, um, and God could have stopped it, uh, then why are we caught up in a spiritual war that we frankly don't have anything to do with and shouldn't have been caught up in?
4: I'm sorry, I got distracted by a comment. And these comments are so weird. Would we have been better? Sure. But like, what was God's purpose in creating the world? God's purpose was, you know, created the world was to display his glory and his attributes through Christ. So God created this world so that Christ could enter into it and conquer it so that we, like those who believe in him, would be the direct beneficiaries of his atoning and
0: wouldn't and wouldn't that have been done better wouldn't more souls have been saved had we not had this war uh where satan is influencing people
4: i don't know about more souls and this dives into the the issue of questioning god's intentions like okay would i have been able to do better and i think that that's kind of uh it, it, it it comes down to this when we start even even when I was contemplating coming on this show, like I knew we would get to this point where it would be like, okay, the only solution becomes creating a different world where this character does not exist. Right. Like it would have been better, but like, I'm saying like, from what I read from the Bible is like, God does not do anything willy nilly. He doesn't allow for things to happen. Right. It's
0: everything that happens is on purpose and it's God's intention i get that but if i if i wanted to be really nasty i could have asked why did satan allow uh sorry why did god allow satan to rise to power and be number two in heaven in the first place or whatever whatever satan was he was powerful enough to take a third of the angels with him and god knew that this would happen why did god give him that much uh power and responsibility that uh, because God should have known that with that much power, his pride would have run away. Why not put some other angel in his place that wouldn't have uh, done that? And, you know, the only thing you can say was, well, any angel would have done that, uh, which is, which is bad design. Or you can say that God, he knew it would happen. He set it up that way because he wanted the ensuing uh, spiritual war to happen for his own great glorious reasons. Now, I think that's where Christians have to end up, but I think that's also where skeptics have to get off the bus.
4: Because you don't like that God has a purpose in allowing things to happen.
0: The, that he has a purpose in creating a Satan that would do this, that he knew would do this, and that he would drag us down when he knew that we would do better if Satan wasn't there.
4: All right. So let me ask you a question. I don't have kids, but like, if I have kids in the future, and I know like, if I do the best I can as a parent... But I know that in the future, that child is going to mess up in some way. They're probably going to do something that is contrary. That um, am I a bad parent for 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 have, wanting to have kids?
0: Well, let me. First of all, you're you're laying on your human limitations on a god well, who you don't think well, has those same limitations. No, this has
4: nothing to do with limitations. I'm just asking, like.
0: Well, well, it does though, because if you know that your child, the child that is not born yet, but you know that that child. That- but you know that when he's born you can look into the future and know that he's going to set off a nuclear holocaust that's going to destroy the world if you know that and your selfish desire to have that child wins out over you not having a child then you are evil
4: a selfish desire but we we're talking about my desire as a parent right you're we saying right like, which okay. is
0: a selfish desire you should if you know that the child you're going to spawn is going to destroy the world you know that absolutely But you think, well, I just want to be a parent though, because I've got this drive and I want to do it. Yeah, you are a monster. But
4: but we're not talking about nuclear holocaust here. We're talking about parents and children. We're
0: talking something much worse than nuclear holocaust. We're talking about.
2: You guys can speculate about this all day, but if God had a morally sufficient reason to do everything that He did and choose a world in which this is going to play, and David, I'm agreeing with you uh, to an extent too. If this is where you have to get off the bus because you just simply can't trust, this god that that we uh believe in this christian god then that's on you man that that's what you have to do but if you know you can't you can't speculate one way or another because you're just not in a position to know it
0: okay this, but if i you know thought... this is
2: your mullinous defeater and you hate it but this is where the conversation has to end at at some point is is can you accept this or not and if you can't accept that god has a morally sufficient reason of why all these things go and why these things have to happen. And he did it for a reason, a reason that you can't possibly know because you're not an omniscient being or, or anything, then I, I'm sorry. That's where you have to get well, off the yeah, train. I'm I would I'm just sorry, need buddy.
0: you. I would need you as as Christians, if you want to have a case at all, to be able to at least tell some kind of story of why uh, that would need to happen. What, we're, what is this also, morally, what also, is this morally sufficient reason when you can admit that without Satan in this spiritual war, we'd be, we'd do better. But uh, we need Satan. God needs Satan in this spiritual war that you can't even define um, to, to, to put the kind of pressures on us that we have. Uh, and you're saying, you're saying to me, well, you should just accept it. I'm just not... accept that God is good and He has good intentions for unleashing the worst creature, we could imagine the one who brings down the world in something worse than nuclear holocaust just accept it and praise god for it is not sufficient
4: i don't think any christian has has said that what i think david russell just said brilliantly is that at some point you have to like we we make all these arguments but then we we work our way our way back to that like Do you trust that an omniscient God would know things that you don't know, like would allow for something to happen that that you personally, from your vantage point would accept? Like for me, like I read the Bible and I see that how God operates is he sent his son to die on the cross for sinners, and that involved a lot of pain. And I'm like, okay, why didn't God just forgive from heaven, you know? like God had a purpose in sending his son. He wanted to demonstrate something about his character and he wanted to relay that information.
0: right. But if he didn't want us to fall in the first place, he didn't have to send, he didn't have to send the Satan to, to tempt us to fall. He didn't have to, you know, so then you're saying, well, he really, really wanted this crucifixion story. uh, And if, if he hadn't sent the Satan, maybe he wouldn't have got it. That just sounds that sounds that's
4: that's not what I'm saying because Adam and Eve are also held responsible. It's not that, oh, oh, Satan made us do it. And so Satan was the only one who got punished for it. That's not that's not what happened in the in the account.
0: Right. But what we have what we have in the account is a story of a man and a woman who were doing fine until they ran into a diabolically evil being that God created and put there in the garden to tempt them. That's, that's what. That's what point. we. You yeah. can head canon that they would have done the same thing.
3: I'm not head without head Satan. Head okay, well, it is kind head of.
0: No, I'm just reading the story. This is just a story. The story is they didn't fall. They didn't sin. They didn't do anything before their encounter with the with the demon. That's how the story reads. To suggest that it would have been otherwise is you head that's they, not me head canning. That's just me by, reading.
4: By eating I, and I read the same story as you and I reach a different conclusion because I see them declaring an independence from God. They're saying we're not going to trust God. We're going to listen to this creature that's telling us all these other stories without it. There anything. should have never been we're a creature gonna...
0: there telling them and there didn't have to be. Why why not? Why not?
2: How do you know that, David? How do you know that there that you know this creature didn't have to be there? How do you know that for
0: sure? You because don't. because you don't, God don't, well, well, you go, because know. God because God made the garden with all of the things all, all, in it. All I'm
2: saying, all is, I'm saying is that there comes to a point where yeah, you have to to trust in God, and there is that point. And the reason I trust in God is because all the other evidence, everything else that I've read about his nature, I believe. So there are some certain things it it from my vantage point. That yeah, I do have to place my trust, and that's why I said if you have to. So in other words, just don't just don't ask about that stuff. Don't look,
0: don't look behind the curtain. Don't ask that question. Don't engage your brain over that. Just accept it. We
2: could speculate it all day, but what am I going to base my faith on at the end of the day? It's it's not just about. It's not
0: just about speculation. It's about engaging. It's about engaging your brain. Yeah, and and we, and friends. we have, and we and have I that to engage.
2: To, exactly. And we can engage to a point, but there's some, that there is a point where you have to say. Where you oh, got to
0: shut off your brain no, and stop no, thinking.
2: No, 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 that's no. If you want to look at it that way, sure. Well, that's, that's, that's kind of what you're, you're saying, all. because you, it sounds no, like because you're, because you're, you're getting upset because
0: I mean, you would you dare ask the question of why God would put a demon down here.
2: Never, never said that. Oh, really? All we said is that there's a point in which, you know, Uh, God did do what he did. did. Yeah, there's
0: a point where he did what he did did and you just can't ask any further. You can't can't inquire further. That's the same thing.
2: No, we're just saying you're not in a position to know. That's the same
0: thing. You're you're saying you can't inquire further.
2: Not to say you can't inquire. You can always try to discover why. And that's, we can, like I said, we can speculate uh, speculate on it all day. Yeah,
4: absolutely. What we're saying is ultimately, David, you have to make the decision, like, like, it's it, like, we always, I think we kind of hit this roadblock every time is like, it's like this happened. And then we go back and we reiterate backwards. And it's the point where it's like, okay, you want me to tell you what God this why God decided for things to pan out the way they did. Uh, I think, I think this you, is, I think I'm this is why
0: give you on, an answer
4: because like, I'm not, because I'm not omniscient. And we're saying you're not in a position to to know or tell an omniscient God why he should do things the way you want them to do. You're not. I, I think. Make- I think
0: this is why more atheists are being created every day, um, and well, because if you can't, if you can't push past this wall, and if you, if no, no, you're no, no. ultimately going to tell really? people, you know, this is the point where your thinking has to stop because you can't possibly uh, know uh the the rest of the story it's
3: the answer to that
4: question the question is that is that that god's ultimate purpose in creating the world was to demonstrate his attributes and those attributes involved sending his son to die on the cross for redeemed sinners and that couldn't happen if god couldn't uh if god didn't allow jesus to enter into a world full of suffering where he experiences all that on so that he can be able to relate to our. You're experience not. You're people. not painting the kind right. well, of picture hey, uh, that David, ma- would David, make me want to. David,
2: wanna... David, 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 David. Uh, we got Dale here now. He's back. Uh, okay. Why don't you ask the question to Dale again, and we'll let his response come in. I'm glad we were able to draw it out, so he could come back.
0: Dale, I'm glad I'm you're back. Oh, so I was just. Now. I was just getting ready to, uh, to close out here. So uh, what I'm going to do, uh, Dale, since we have had a a fairly lively discussion. On this, we didn't actually get that deep in the spiritual war um, idea. What I want you to do, I know that you had some notes and thoughts about the spiritual war. Uh, I just want you to talk about that a little bit. If you were able to hear some of um, what's gone before, you can respond to it. But um, wind wind this up in kind of your closing thoughts, and uh, we'll we'll close out after you. Spiritual. Yeah. So where did you, were you able to hear any of that conversation at all?
3: Uh, No, I was just kind of like setting up.
0: All right. That's okay. Let me, let me, let me just set you up real quick then. Um, So one of the reasons we didn't get very far in the conversation is I asked uh, what the spiritual war even was. And we got to a place uh, where, uh, where I was asking, well, when did it start? And, Uh, There was a little bit of confusion about that. Did it it start at the beginning of uh, Adam and Eve sinning or was it already underway? And did Adam and Eve kind of get swept up in a spiritual war that was already uh, happening? I won't tell you what answers came from whom. I'll I'll just let you work with that. And uh, we got to a place where uh, I asked the question, well, if, uh, just hypothetically speaking, uh, if there wasn't a spiritual war going on and there wasn't a Satan influencing humans, would, would humans do better? And so there's a little bit of a two-edged sword there. If you say no humans wouldn't have done better, then I don't see the point of Satan having any superpowers to influence at all. We don't need him to influence. We would have we been just as bad without him. So why have him? And if we would have done better, uh, then the edge is even sharper. Uh, so why, is it, why was he allowed to be there if you can acknowledge that we would have done better? So those are, those are some of the ca- uh, conversations and it got to a place where Molism. you just have to believe that God had a reason for it, shut up. So um, that's, that's kind of a brief summary of it. I'll let you have the uh, last word. And like I said, you can kind of wrap it up in your closing thoughts overall, take as much time as you want.
3: So in terms of the spiritual war, when did it begin? I, I think I would say um, it began with the fall of humans, because I, I think what's the aim of the spiritual war? It's it's to say to spare as many souls from damnation. That's what the spiritual war is about. So so I think it began at the, at the fall of human beings. Um, even though there were sinful beings that rebelled against God and, and fell and that sort of thing, there is. You know that the, there wasn't a war at that point. It, it, there was no nothing to fight over because it God had already dealt with them. So, so yeah, the war began with, meetings, uh, with the fall. Um, and the second question, uh, sorry, what was the second question again? Unspiritual war. What do you? Sorry, I just forgot.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, I I had um, muted myself there.
2: Um, Ails on opioids he's gonna forget a little bit yeah that's <laughs> another okay. podcast in bed it's crazy
0: <laughs> yeah uh so uh the uh question was what's the point of uh the satan character at all uh so wow. would we have been the same level of evil that we are today without him? If so, what? Why do we need him for in the first place? Why? Why would God need him? What's the point of him? Why? Why have a tempter if we don't need to be tempted? Why have a deceiver if we blind ourselves? Um, if we would have been better without him, then it, it it's a harder question of why was he allowed to be here to make us worse than what we would have been?
3: Yeah, so, so I do think that in, in a sense we would be better. Without Satan and that sort of thing, because Satan and demons do play a negative role against uh, the servants of God and human beings in, in general, who actively working against God uh, and that sort of thing. Um, now, so, so, um, sorry. So, so, in that sense, yeah, on that level, we can say that things are worse with Satan and demons. However, you you mentioned Molinism, so I'm I'm pretty sure that's uh, David R. that said that because we're the same on that front. So I think in a sense that the world that we have where Satan and demons exist is overall better than a world that didn't have Satan and demons in it in terms of the overall value of the world, else God wouldn't have created uh, this world with with Satan and demons in it in the first place, he would have created the world without them. So if if that's what uh, Dave, the person who mentioned Molinism, I'm pretty sure it was David R., but maybe it was MacTac, I don't know. Um, that's what they would be saying is that, yeah, it is better with Satan and demons in it uh, overall because more souls will be saved as a result of God creating this world. Um, but yeah, just speaking on a human level, Obviously, they, they are a negative force in their own right. They're they're actively working against God uh, saving people or God having an eternal, loving relationship with with human beings forever, and that sort of thing. Does that make sense?
0: Not really, but I'm going to let you off the hook because I know that uh, I know some of what you're going through there, and I appreciate you. Um... Stepping in, Mac Attack. Um, closing remarks, please.
4: Uh, yeah, it's, uh, again, it's been a lively show. Thank you for having me on. Uh, there's a lot that I would have wanted to say that I didn't get a chance to say, uh, but all, all, all I'll close it is with like, I'm sorry, I can't even talk right now. Um, so, all right, God created the, the world, the universe, the sphere, everything, and he created it with a purpose, for a purpose. And so, like, there's always this, there's a dichotomy going on. Uh, can you accept that God allows for things to happen with a purpose, an omniscient God, to allow, to, to, to uh, let things happen with a purpose, or... Are you going to like say, oh, God's just like me? God doesn't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. God doesn't know if there's gonna be another COVID next year. God doesn't know what's gonna happen with his subordinates. Like there has to be, you have to make you have to make a choice. It has to be one of those two. And what I see often happening, especially when I'm on the forums and other places, is that people will most often say that God doesn't know. What's gonna happen. God doesn't, God is just reacting to what's going to happen. And so when it comes to the topic of Satan, God created Satan with a purpose. And that purpose has been lived out by Satan. And actually, the passage that I was going to go to actually has to relate with Paul in Second Corinthians 12, where Paul is saying, Okay, I'm being tormented by messengers of Satan. And Paul says, I prayed and I prayed to God asking, asking for these tormentors, these demons that were tormenting him in some way to be, to be released, to be taken away. And God, God does not answer the prayer. God says, you're going to have to, my grace is sufficient for you in this problem. So that instance and another instance where uh, Paul is also like suffering and, And God allows uh, for this tormenting to keep going on because Paul had been receiving so much revelation. It had this effect of causing him to be conceited. So Satan wants Paul to be conceited. God doesn't want Paul to be conceited or prideful. So Satan is being used to torment Paul in order to reduce conceit. So God is using Satan's plans to frustrate saints plan. So God, that's what I see when I read the Bible. I see someone who is, who's declaring independence from God and is trying to uh, set up for themselves their way, thinking that they're frustrating God's plans. But in the end of it, they're actually serving God, like they're, they're sanctifying Paul's Christian walk. So I genuinely get saddened, like almost to the point of tears when I see atheists on the panels or on forums or chat saying, Oh, Satan's the good guy, Saints Saints a bro or whatever. Because here you have an adversary. You have someone who is deceiving you on earth and accusing you in heaven. Everyone has a file of what they've ever done and they're being accused daily, day and night, about everything that they've ever done. And you can't you can't cozy up to a being like that and then think, okay, well, at the judgment day, I'll just be able to say, well, you allowed for this being to be there in the first place. I don't think that's gonna fly because every single action that happens, every single act that we commit on this planet, we do it because we wanna do it. It doesn't matter if like, if I speed down the highway and I'm doing 75 instead of 50 and I get pulled over and the officer says, why were you speeding? And I say, I was doing it well, there was another influence. You know, my, my wife is giving birth or something. The officer is not going to let me go and say, oh, yeah, well, you know, uh, sure. I mean, those other influences, you're still going to get a ticket. And so my plea to anyone who's listening to this is that that, that, that argument that you think you have is not going to be able to stand precisely because you are a creature who has the freedom of choice. You make choices all the time. And when you choose to do something, regardless of whether you're, you think you're doing it by yourself or you're doing it because someone else made you do it, that choice still is attached to you. And the reason God allowed for a being like this to exist is to, again, as described in scripture, and um, uh, maybe in another show we can cover it, was to allow for... Christ to be magnified in the lives of those who believe in him so that when a Christian is sent to prison or is put to death for their faith, that person is magnifying God by pointing to God and saying, that is what I value the most. I value God. I value God more than I value my life. I value God more than I value my freedom. And that act of Satan serves the act of a Christian being put to death in in a Chinese prison somewhere. So uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I have to say. I have more to say, but I'm gonna cut it short there. Thank you for having me on the show. It was nice hanging out with you guys. Thank you, David Russell. Thank you, Dale. And uh, yeah, hope to talk to you guys more. Thanks.
0: Sure, and uh, you can come back and uh, continue your thoughts on Satan. I've got a feeling that the first show of season four will be Satan part two. Just have a feeling. Um, I know a guy. Um, <laughs> so uh with that uh Russell uh closing thoughts. Do you please.
2: have a, do you have a closing
0: thought? I do, but I'll go last. Uh,
2: Let me go last.
0: You want to go last, huh?
2: Yeah, I'll go last.
0: Great. Okay. That's fine. Um it's it's this and it's pretty pretty brief. The Satan story is incoherent from start to finish. There's no part of it that makes sense at all. When you start with an all-powerful, all-loving God, when that's your starting point. Um, It it doesn't, the Satan story just doesn't fit in. It can't get off the ground. Um, And I think that the Jews understood that, which is why they didn't really start with a Satan character as, as we understand a Satan today. But I do think that they understood a basic problem with a God story. And one of the basic problems the God's story is that it has to make sense of the reality that we live in currently, right? So you can always imagine other realities before our time or in some other realm, but your story has to make sense of where we live right now, boots on the ground, price of a gallon of milk today. Um, and it has always been the case, and it has always been the case that there are things in this world that happen to people that cannot be explained with an all-powerful, all-loving God alone. That just doesn't work. And, and so what you do, you invent human sin. Okay, great. Humans, they, they chose to sin. But that doesn't explain it either. So that, that might work for a while if you are a, a, um, uh, an immature people, that may work a little bit, but even that doesn't work for them for very long. Uh, it shouldn't work for us at all because, um, no sin that we could commit on this earth can explain everything that's gone wrong. For instance, it can't explain changing human DNA to, to kick off birth defects and things like that. It can't change, uh, a creation that was somehow perfect without death to then suddenly have death after the fact, after we sin, then it just kind of rewrites history and then there's death. Um, it can't, it can't change that. Uh, supernovas are literally stars blowing the fuck up. Um, and the Christians explain that by saying, well, sin, you know, it works both forward and backward in time. So, um, you know, maybe it wasn't that way before. It doesn't explain that. Um, you 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 can't put that weight on human evil. There's only so much we can do. We can't create hurricanes. We don't we don't do that. Um, we 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 didn't create AIDS. We didn't we didn't create. Um, you know, there's there's just things that it the story. Can't explain, doesn't make any sense of it. And so we've got to do something more. So we've got this all powerful, all loving God, but then we've got the reality that life is kind of shitty. And then, so we try to blame it on humans, but humans can't explain it. So we need something else. And so I think that you kind of have to get to Satan somewhere along the line. You've got to get to that something else to explain everything that's going on around us. Uh, And so we have this supernatural ancient foe uh, of God. I think the Bible uh, even describes him as an ancient foe, but um, you've got (coughs) to, excuse me, you've got to get there some kind of way. And you've got to give this ancient foe some kind of power. And it has got to be enough power to explain everything that's going wrong in the world, because the problem is you can't put everything that's, going wrong in the world on God, (laughs) because then he's not so all loving anymore, or he's not all powerful. There's something wrong. You can't, you can't live with the Molinistic answer long enough as humans. It just doesn't work for us to say, well, he's got to have some kind of plan. No, we've got to offload some of that evil onto something else And it can't just be human because it also has to be supernatural because there's supernatural things, seemingly supernatural things or things that are beyond the capability of humans to explain. And so so we got to get a Satan somewhere uh, if your religious story is going to hold together and speak to the reality that we live in. And I I just see it as uh, religious people who need to believe in a God really badly. They have no choice. They have no choice, but to also believe in a Satan. Because without Satan, it all just falls apart. And, And there's nothing coherent about the Satan story. You can't get it off the ground without putting some real chinks in God's armor. So, uh, Finally, I would say, as far as accepting this Molinistic notion that you, know, you get to these questions, and at some point you just have to accept that, well, God has a plan. Uh, if any, any plan that God has that he doesn't explain to me that includes a, a Satan, I don't want any part of it. And I think that uh, you should be bold enough to say you don't want any part of it either.
2: All right. Well. Thank you, David, for your closing. Uh, I don't think I'll be as long, but I do want to note that we do live in a complicated reality. We live in a, uh, a very real world, and that very real world uh, challenges us, you know, and it doesn't matter what I say or what I believe about Satan. What comes down to it is ultimately the truth. What best explains the evidence? In my opinion, I think God best explains the evidence. I think that an all loving God actually explains the evidence. David says it doesn't make sense to him. I, I totally see where he's coming from and I've sympathized for him, but I disagree. I think that from a limited standpoint, we don't understand everything that is out there. We don't understand time. We don't, we understand it to a degree where we're finite creatures. And I think that there's plenty of evidence for a God. And I think there's one person that we did forget about throughout this whole thing, and that was Christ and what he did on the cross. And I don't say we just forgot about him, but, you know, this has been a show about Satan. And I think that Christ is God's way of coming into the world, redeeming a fallen world, a fallen creature, a fallen system. And in him, we have life and we have eternal life. So when I end, I think that more people should, instead of getting off the boat, should look deeper into why they should get on the boat. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's pretty much my closing, guys. I thank everybody for being here. I thank David for his pushback. I thank all the skeptics that came in here and put us put our feet to the fire. I always appreciate it. And that's it for me, David. What else do we got going on?
0: All right. So uh, next week is the last official show of the season, and uh, it will be when some of these uh, rowdy skeptics (laughs) step in to have their say. So uh, I'm going to change things up uh, a little bit. I'm going to go ahead and end the recording uh, right here, and I'm going to turn the recording back own. So this is the first and only time that uh, this will happen, and do an after show with whoever remains with whatever energy they've got. I'm running on fumes, but I think that's when the after show gets good. And uh, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna have some conversation uh, about demon possession, which we did not talk about here. This part of the discussion will air. I don't know if it'll air this week, but it'll air at, at some point. It may be a bonus show in the summer. Um, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I don't expect it'll go too long, but it's an interesting uh, topic and um, there are a few people with uh, some things to say about it. So anyone in the chat, you may feel free to unmute your mic. This is a very informal uh, session. Uh, you don't have to unmute your mic. <laughs> you just stay muted and uh, see how it goes.